Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. We, we, we would hope, you know, we want we want this team, you know, I guess they have their minds on, you know, winning 10 games, and, and that would be the first time since when, I don't know if you guys know, but it's 9 or 10 years, right? So, and uh, real proud of those guys. Uh, they've been through a lot, and uh, they fought through it, and uh, so it's going to be nice to, to say to those guys, hey, we get to go to a bowl game and enjoy that experience and prepare and get, get the team better. A quest for 10 victories. A bowl season, something that has not been seen by the Miami Hurricanes for a few years now, and the chance for one of the more high-profile bowls of the 2013-14 postseason. Those are the things that are on the horizon for the Miami Hurricanes, but tonight is going to be about looking back as much as looking forward. Miami just got back from Pittsburgh, where it completed its season with a 10-point victory. But it wasn't enough to pacify the Canes Nation, which is still preoccupied by the defensive failures of 2013, as well as yet another 500-yard output by the opposition up at Pitt. Some of us thought it was one of Miami's best performances of the season. Others didn't. We'll talk about that tonight and so much more. Uh, Hello again, everybody, and welcome to a new edition of Canesport Live. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com. And we're once again getting ready to embark on the fastest two hours in Hurricane sports. As Kane fans debate and the college football world becomes preoccupied with coaching changes, Al Golden has hit the recruiting trail with a vengeance. Last night, late last night, he paid a home visit to Dalvin Cook, the Miami Central running back who has been committed to Florida for several months now, who has been rumored to go to Florida State, has been rumored to be doing anything but becoming a Miami Hurricane. But we spoke to Dalvin Cook this morning, and he was singing a different tune. He was talking about how well that home visit went last night, how he now is going to more strongly consider the Miami Hurricanes, and how he will be visiting the Miami campus this weekend. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about more recruiting as the show goes on. And later on this evening, we'll be, we will be joined by our frequent guest, frequent guest Keenan Codrington, the Southeast recruiting analyst for Rivals.com who not only will tell us what he's been seeing out on the recruiting trails, but he'll be able to talk about the new rivals rankings that came out this week that saw Chad Thomas rise from four-star status up to five-star, and which tomorrow will find Demetrius Jackson, his fellow defensive lineman at Booker T. Washington, make the rise from two-star all the way up to a four-star outside of the rivals 250. Those are two big jumps for a couple of Miami commits. We'll talk to Keenan about that tonight. Um, As always, it's your show. We have more than 50 phone lines open, so there's plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. The call-in number is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. Let's go right to the phone lines because, you know, we know everybody has a lot they want to talk to, talk about rather, and we're going to start tonight right now in the 504 where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? 
What up, Gary? How you doing, man? It's Roland from last week from hey. New Orleans. Hey, what's going, Roland? What's going on in New Orleans? Oh, man, my Saints lost bad. We had a hoof. It's a rough game, man. It's a rough game. But we gotta, yeah, we they'll gotta be all right. Yeah, we'll be all right. We'll so, be all right. So what do you think uh, of your Hurricanes on Friday? Um, Stacey Coley was a beast. Uh, O-line was pretty solid. Um, offense is good. D-line is horrific. It's getting worse. Um I'm hoping that we can get some changes. Like I said last week, we got to get rid of somebody. We got to get rid of Denafrio. We got to get rid of Franklin. Um, I, I thought, you know, you know, all that hype. You know, you guys taking their shirts off, running on the field. Man, they should have brought all that energy when they played Virginia Tech, when they played Florida State, when they played Duke. So, I mean, it was, was kind of nice to see them having a little fun. You know? Yeah, Garrett. But come on, Garrett. Let's, I mean, listen, I understand it's the last game and you got a bowl game. But what did you think about what did you think about that D line? It they, they it really honestly the same thing getting pushed around. I mean they made a few plays here and there, but you gotta get some playmakers in there. You do. Um, yeah, but that's been the story the whole year. I, I thought it was really honestly, even though the yardage and the stats don't show it, I thought it was one of the defense's best performances of the season, other than the Florida game. Um you're sitting there at halftime. They were two of seven uh, on third down conversions, um, Pittsburgh was, which I thought was phenomenal. And Miami was able to, to, to be effective offensively because it had the football and, and had a great game plan by James Coley. And I was really encouraged by what I was seeing now. You know, I know they gave up a lot of yards a in lot the second of yards, half. And, and I'm going to take a look right now and, 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 and give you an exact yeah, well, number. But go ahead, Roland. Pitt ran for, Pitt ran for I, I mean, the guy, I don't know how many yards he had. All year long, but uh, they, in that one game, they ran for the most yards. Uh, for I think for yeah, for the, in, in that one Miami game for the whole season, out of all the games they well, played, they had, had two thirteen at halftime. Two thirteen at halftime. Okay. Now, no, 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 no. Wait a minute now. You know, <laughs> you, you, you can't be totally yeah, negative right. now, Roland. Come on, I'm not going to let you be totally negative. Listen, hear me out here. They, they, now, Miami was winning. Whoa, whoa, slow down, Roland. Miami's winning 31-10 to 10 at halftime, okay? They only gave up 213 yards in the first half, and like I told you, Pittsburgh was 2 of 7 on third down. Now, I know they gave up 300 yards of offense in the second half, and, and, and that's not good enough, but you've got to admit, some of that was in garbage time in the fourth quarter. In fact, let's take a look at the end of the third quarter, and you know, certainly not making um, any excuses by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, we know you know, what the problems have been um, all year. And for some darn reason, the official stats don't have third quarter stats in them. So I can't, I can't tell you what that number was, but um, you know, the point I'm making is a lot of those yards were in the fourth quarter and, you know, when they were playing pretty much prevent defense. So I thought it was the second best defensive performance of the season. That said, obviously it needs to be a lot better next year. A whole lot better. Now my, my, my main question to you, I I got two questions. Um, first question is this Dalvin Cook thing. It seemed like it's heating up really, 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 really hot. Um, and your opinion on that first question? What, what do you think Dalvin Cook is going to do? You think he's going to be a cane, or you think he's going to be a no? I mean, what, 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 what's your? I mean, what do you think? I know you have the insight. Well, on, on I don't think he's going to be a Gator. I'll tell you that. 
you know, let's start there. It's, it, I'll be real surprised if he's a, if he's a Gator. Now, you know, there have been rumors on the street that it's going to be Florida State. You know, how accurate those are, I, I can't really tell you. Um, but he did allow Al Golden in his house last night. Um, I know his grandmother likes Miami, and she's very influential in his life. He lives with her. Uh, his mm. brother is a basketball player at Miami, and he's a, an influence on Dalvin. So would not shock me in the least to see him flip to Miami. But is it a certainty? Absolutely not. Okay, okay. And um, All right. my next, okay, my next and last question. What about Ed, uh, Ed Orgeron from uh, USC? You think Miami make make a run for him because you know he was a, a past coach on the D line and a hell of a recruiter. You think uh, it's not? You think he's only looking for head coaching jobs, or you think uh, you know he can he can come in and 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 you know take a shot at that at D line for us? What do you think about that? I think with the way he did down the stretch at USC, that he's got a very good chance to land. Uh, a mid to lower level Division One head coaching job. I, I know he's trying to get the FAU job. Apparently, um, don't know what'll what happen if, there. But um, what about D coordinator? He'll be a good fit. We, we need I don't a know if he would or not. I don't know if he would be a good fit as a D coordinator. I don't. You know, I can't really give you an opinion on that. Um, you know, I just I don't have a a definitive opinion on how good of a defensive coordinator coordinator Ed Ordron is. He's, he's a good defensive line coach. He's a really good recruiter. I know those two things. But can he draw it up and, and make the calls on game day as a D coordinator? You know, I don't. I can't really tell you that. Gotcha, gotcha. And, and one, I hate to ask, just one last uh, last question. Going into next year, uh, Miami's still going to run a, a pro pro set offense, right? They're not going to do any. I heard something about a read, read option or something. Or not. Are they going to they going to stay pro um, set, right? Well, pro set to a point. I, I, I think you're going to see a lot more four wide next year. Uh, particularly if they're able to get some of these receivers in recruiting, like a Johnny Dixon, uh, to go with what they already have. Um, and then I think that uh, James Coley seems to be a little enamored by what he's seeing Auburn do this year um, oh, with some God. of those, with some of, with some, with with some of those, you know, read read plays. And I think they're going to take a look at Malik Rozier in that type of role, particularly on third and short. You know, I think they're trying to get better on third and short. Um, and I think a lot's going to depend on if they're able to get a big back, to be honest with you. That's what I'm saying. Gary, you've been following this team for 30 years. Miami's not that type of – they're not built on doing that read. I mean, no, no disrespect to Auburn. I know they beat Alabama with that. But that's so gimmicky. I mean, you can't. I mean, you look at the NFL, nobody's doing that. And it, they, they did that last year. With it's New gimmicky, England. but look where it got Auburn. <laughs> I mean, you know, people I are know. looking at that and saying, oh, my God, you know. I know. I know, but I'm saying translating to the next level. But I really – to end the conversation, you know, I appreciate everything you do, man, and I hope we can end up getting uh, Dalvin Cook or either, either Bo Scarborough. I know you hadn't mentioned anything about him, but uh, I'm going to hang up and listen to you and see what's your thoughts on him as well. All right, Roland, good talking to you as always. Um, give us a call next week. We'll have a show to talk about the ball game next week, so give us a call next okay, week. Okay, appreciate it. All right. Um, let's go out now to the 850, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hello, you're on the air. You with us? All right, you're going to have to call back. Um, guys, be ready when I come to you. We're going to go now to the uh, 203, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? All righty, let's go out now to the um, the 813, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you tonight? How are you doing, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? 
Uh, this is Andre from camp. Hey, what's up, Andre? Hey, what's going on? Hey, uh, I got a couple of uh, questions for you. Hey, uh, on the quarterback situation this year, I, I, I think I heard you say something about uh, the backup quarterback for Florida State uh, may be interesting maybe going to Alabama or Miami. Yeah, I mean, that's, what I, that, that's what I've heard. Do you think that's a good outlook, knowing that he's a one-year quarterback, bringing in a yeah. one-year quarterback? Yeah, I do. I mean, if he's better than Ryan Williams, I do. Because, you know, that would allow you to develop those other guys, um, you know, Brad Kaya, Malik Rozier, and Kevin Olsen. And and you'd bring in a guy that's a little older, that, that you know, maybe a little bit more seasoned. And uh, from everything I've heard, he, he would be the best quarterback on the roster if he came here. So, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here predicting he's coming. I don't know that it's hot. You know, he's still on the Florida State roster. He's got to finish school at Florida State before he can even think about anything. And um, I'm guessing that that doesn't happen till May. But if, you know, I'm, I don't think he graduates in January. I can't tell you that I'm sure about that either, but I don't think he does. And um, it's not even an issue until he gets to that point. And plus, I think okay. you've got to see what happens with Jameis Winston also here, you know, with, this, with these um, rape issues he's having. So yeah. it's very much up in the air. But I have heard that a transfer is something that he's considering, and I've heard that he's looking at Alabama, and obviously he has a relationship with James Coley, who's at Miami. So we'll see. Well, that's, okay. That, see, what I was looking at, I'm like, okay, you got, you got pretty much a young offense, uh, and they pretty much our future. You got, they want to get Dalvin Cook or a big pack in. Uh, I was thinking, well, maybe they, not saying uh, Olsen coming in, I mean, be able to play two or three years with these same guys and develop a chemistry where, you know, where when we go out and play, everything, I mean, everything clicks. You know, I'm, I was just looking at maybe bringing in, just saying, okay, we just go go with Olsen or uh, Bragg, uh, the guy from California, see if they can fit the program, fit the what we need to do for the next two or three years with these guys we got coming in. And the guys who got on the roster, like Duke Johnson got about two more years. You got Stacey Coley and uh, uh, Earl Waters. That's why I was, I was asking that question. Do you see them might try to go with a younger quarterback just to develop the next two or three years? With, I don't uh, think so. You know, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think they're, you know, you're going to have a lot of firepower on the offensive side of the football next year, and, and they're not going to be sitting there thinking – that we're sacrificing any seasons. I mean, they're going to be looking to win right now. And, um, you know, the defense to me is going to still be very challenged next year. I don't see where there's an instant fix there. Um, Obviously a lot of really good defensive players are coming in and recruiting this year, but to expect them to get it done as true freshmen, I don't know how realistic that is. So, you know, I don't think they're going to mess around on the offensive side of the ball. I think they're going to put them out there. And, And right now it looks like that would be Ryan Williams. Okay. Um, another question I have is, uh, uh, okay, uh, on the defense, okay, how, how can I put this? Okay, you you still got your defensive coordinator uh, visiting recruits that we're trying to get to the school. If if Gold knows he may do a change or do anything, we, uh, is that a good thing, sending your defensive coordinator out? Because, 
maybe you get some recruits thinking, okay, he's going to be my defensive coordinator uh, for next year. So I should commit, knowing that he may not be the defensive coordinator. Yeah, I don't see that as a big issue. I really don't. I mean, he he's not recruiting that many kids, and, and he's not recruiting that many of the key kids. And, and uh, we also don't know that Coach Golden's going to replace Mark D'Onofrio. So, you know, it, it's right. all speculation right, right now. And But I don't, I don't see it as being an issue either way. Um, I also don't see any way he makes any moves before the bowl game. He's not going to take bowl games away from guys. So whether he will or not, we don't know, but I don't. I would be really shocked if anything happened before January. I mean, you got a lot of coaches changes going on, so that's what I'm looking at. I'm like, okay, why? Why they got him visiting and Franklin visiting, or anybody just, you know, maybe he's, he's seeing something like, well, okay, I'm gonna bring this coach back next year, and and he and the young uh, kids saying, okay, he gonna be my defensive coordinator, or then you turn around and say, okay, after the bowl game, I'm gonna make some changes now. Now these kids kind of, okay, I, you know, they don't have their defensive coordinator, you know, so uh, that's all. If, if he did something in January, there's still plenty of time for visits with any kids that need to be visited. And okay. if it have, if it were to happen later, it, it wouldn't matter at that point. And then, like I said, we don't even know that anything's going to happen. So I wouldn't worry too much about that right now. Okay, and uh, so you got uh, the guy coming in. Um the thing I was uh, this guy Corey Johnson, he's um, uh, defensive tackle. I mean, how still he's saying he's coming down to visit, uh, but it seems like he he want to stay with Kentucky, but it's like he want to come down here and visit Miami. I, yeah, I, I mean, I I personally am not holding my breath on that one. Okay, you know, uh, yeah, I I have not seen anything that would indicate he's coming down here. I mean, I've seen some of the things. He just don't seem like that that player that we need. I mean, I, it doesn't seem like he's just a, a person that goes fill a spot. I mean, because he don't he don't seem like he's a dominant defensive tackle that we really need at Miami right now. So that's why. Okay, but just keep me on line, Gary. Just keep me on line, so I can hit him. Oh, you want to hold on? Oh, okay, I will do that. Yeah. Thank you. All right, thanks for calling. All right, let's All go right, out then. now to let's go out now to the. Um, well, first, let me get him on hold. Okay, let's go now to the nine one seven, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, uh, who's this? This is BK Hurricane. Hey, what's up, BK? How are you doing this week? Hey, what's going on, Gary? Uh, just a couple quick things. Um, uh, I know it hasn't been settled like what bowl game we're going to, but do you think that depending on how we perform in the bowl game? May may put an emphasis on if we make changes along the defensive line. I mean, along the defense in general, actually, you know, from um, coaches down. I would like to think not. You know, I think that you know what Al Golden has to do is he has to be honest with the situation, and I think you know he's had a front row seat for every single thing that's gone on the last three years, and it really hasn't been any different. Every season's been the same because we've been sitting here. Through going through all these seasons, and, I, and I've been telling you guys over and over again, like a broken record, you can't judge yet. You can't judge yet. You got to wait till year three. You can't judge yet. Judge yet. Well, we just went through year three, and it was the same as year two, and the same as year one. And and I've gone on record as saying I don't think it's a one man problem, and I and I still feel the same way. I don't think you just replace Mark D'Onofrio and everything's fixed. I'm personally not totally convinced. 
that Mark D'Onofrio is the problem. You know, I, I'm not sure Mark D'Onofrio has enough help, but that's just my own opinion from my own observations and acknowledging that I don't know the definitive answer. Well, Al Golden has to know the definitive answer. That's his job, and it's you know his career is on the line in terms of knowing what the problem is. And um, so, you know, I, I think that you know it, it is what it is, and, and the situation is what it is. Right. When you say that Denofrey doesn't have enough help, are you referring to co- you know the coaching staff or the actual players? I'm not sure some of the position coaches are as strong as they need to be, you know, necessarily. I think that's a possibility. I'm not sold that it's that it marked Anafrio's schemes, other than the fact that I don't like safeties running backwards the way they are. But, you know, bringing safeties closer to the line of scrimmage is a very easy adjustment. You don't need to replace a defensive coordinator to bring the safeties closer to the line of scrimmage. You know, I'm looking at player development. I'm looking at selection of players, the capability of recruiting elite players. I'm looking at all those things that fall on individuals that are also deficiencies on this team. And, you know, so I don't think it's as simple as, oh, geez, let me bring in a new defensive coordinator for Al Golden. I, I really don't. Um, but at the same time, like I said, he is the one man that is best positioned to figure out what the problems are and what he needs to do about them. And, you know, I don't I would like to think of what happens in a bowl game with getting back to your original question. Um really impacts impacts that that much because it could easily be an aberration you don't know i think you have a you get you have a 12 game body of work to analyze if you're al yeah i'm the reason why i brought up the question is because you know um i was reading and you know today just you know flipping around the internet and you know, you know a lot of players came to came to tenofrio's defense and sean spence was one of them Mm-hmm. And basically, he was saying it's it's not it's not Denofrio, it's the players. He's kind of going in the direction you're going to. He was like, they, we just don't have the horses on defense. That's pretty much what he was saying. Well, I don't think there's any question that there's no that the, that the horses on defense are not there. That that's without question. But like many people on the boards on Kane Sport very astutely point out, is that doesn't mean you have to lose to Duke by 25 points either. You know, I mean, you know, so you can't, you know, you can't lie to yourself and say, oh, geez, our talent stinks, which, by the way, you know, you're picking a a lot of that talent. I mean, you know, I know some of it's been on the fly and there's certainly a lot of excuses that could be made for some of the mistakes that have been made in talent evaluation and stuff. But, um, you know, I think, you know, you're 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 picking that talent and you're responsible for developing that talent. And um Mm -hmm. So this is not a simple problem. It really isn't. Right. All right, one last question. Uh, do you think that going into the spring, if it's a close quarterback competition between um, Olsen and Williams, do you think that the that the coaching staff should lean towards Kevin Olsen because there's a good chance he'll be here till 2017, you know? What do you think? Um, if, it's, if, it's, if it's even, I would, but, you know, Al Golden is a sentimental guy and he tends to go with his, his seniors. And, you know, Ryan Williams is going to be a senior who will have been yeah, in the program. And I would think he'll get the nod. for him now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. based on what, what he's done in the past, I think he would give Ryan Williams the first shot. Do you think he'd give him the nod? And if he was to slip along the way, he'd bring in Olsen? I, that's what I think, yeah. Oh, man, I think we just need to just go with Olsen and just ride it out because we're going to have a lot of horses on offense and it's kind of hard for the kids to not be pretty decent. Whoa, 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 who
You have sorry, never seen sorry. you've never seen Kevin Olsen throw a single pass. Okay. You haven't, yeah. I mean, like, no. this is all. But, so why are you, you know, saying that he should all know fairness, this is all all hype. You know what I'm saying? This is all hype. Right, but you're, you could you're bring it down to the best. I mean, you could have said that the same. You could have said the same thing about Jameis Winston, and everybody was raving about this kid, and we never saw him throw a pass. I know. Well, no one's in, raving about Kevin Olson, and he's amazing. No one's raving about Kevin Olson. Nobody's no, seen I'm Kevin just, do anything other I'm than. I'm just saying, who's to say that he can't be our best quarterback? I'm not saying he's going to be a Jameis Winston. I'm saying who's to say he cannot be our best quarterback? Who's to say that well, he that, that he's he got, cannot he's surpass Ryan Williams? Because Ryan Williams, let's face it, is is just an okay quarterback, is a mediocre quarterback. Coaches think he might be the most improved guy on the team this year. He, he apparently well, has, been, has tear, torn it up in practice and looked great. So we'll see. Well, we'll see. Let's we'll see if Olsen can make that leap. I'm yeah, not we'll saying – Let's let's table I'm not this. Olsen is going to be Jameis Winston, but just to no. be better than Ryan Williams. Let's table it until March and April, till we till we have something that we could see. We'll see. We'll have some scrimmages. Oh, and hey, and by the way, you got five. I don't know where you, where you live out of town, but they're opening up. Yeah, practices. five practices open to the public. Yeah, so everyone's going to yeah, get yeah, to see a lot of that. things up. Yeah, people are going to get to see a lot of things up close. So we'll yeah, see. You know, I, I was definitely reading that. I'm just hoping that you know that next year we could. But, you know, just just get our defense to a point where we're just okay. <laughs> you know, just oh, where we're okay. So you, you know, now you're jumping all over the place. You're, you're worried about the quarterbacks. You're worried about the defense. <laughs> you're, you're, you're jumping all over. <laughs> it's a lot to worry about. I'm depressed every time I turn on the TV on Saturday. I've seen some team December, that was above last year doing something this year. Enjoy yourself. Listen, it's December. Hopefully there's going to be a good bowl game to go to. Um, I'm really hoping Atlanta takes the Canes. Uh, I would be thrilled you to death. Think, I mean, I would you think they'll take this or do you think they'll go with, with, with Clemson? We don't know. We don't, I mean, I think they'll pick Miami, but we don't know. I can't imagine them picking Duke over Miami to play in that game in Atlanta against an SEC team. I mean, it's just uh, too, I hope so. I'm keep, it's too good of a team trust. matchup on New Year's Eve. If you put Johnny Manziel against Miami, I mean, come on. That's just, it's too good. I don't, we probably yeah, have better I, ratings than the nobody will go out. championship game. Nobody will go out. The clubs are going to go out of business on New Year's Eve if, if, if they put that game on. All right, let I me know let I will be going out. Get on. Let me All right, Gary. Thanks a lot. You're doing a great job. Yeah, give us a call next week. All right, let's go now to the um, – let's go to 770 where you are now live. We're live. How you doing? What's up, Gary? What's going on? Who's this? Steve, man. What's happening with you? Hey, what's shaking, Steve? You're You're with us early this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, you know, just calling in, you know. Hey, glad we won. Glad we won. I heard you say earlier about the defense. I, I don't know. I was disappointed. I was disappointed. You weren't disappointed but, in the first half. Oh yes, I was. Two hundred and thirteen no, yards. How can, we, how can you expect that? Two hundred and thirteen yards, two of seven on third down, and you're winning by twenty points. How can you expect better than that? Come on. That's a that's a lot of yards, and you know we got them two. You, you got to look at the totality of the game, Gary. We got two early turnovers, which we got touchdowns off big plays. You know what I'm saying? And that's with that offense. That's the same thing. I wasn't I wasn't pleased with the offense because I want to see that offense be able to consistently. 
you know, do 80-yard drives, not these one-play, these screen plays where Stacey Cooley have to show off his athleticism and go the distance. I need so, a quarterback. I so let me a, ask you a I question. A, they, they should give those up? <laughs> Come on, Steve. No, I, listen, no, no. I've no, agreed no, with no, almost no. everything you've said all year, okay? I've agreed with almost no, everything no, you've said this entire year. You're it, one of our best it, callers. You entertain the heck out of everybody, okay? But you, you can't sit here and say you want to give up, you know, no. some of those Stacey Coley dynamic plays for the sake of a no. ball control drive just just for no, the hell of it. Come on. No, no, I would take that. Take that all day. But then on the next drive, don't go three and out because you don't get that play. You're missing my point. You well, I agree the there, obviously. But... If, you don't get, if you don't get the big play, I want to see you stay on the field by picking up a third and seven and not going for the deep ball. Picking up a third and five or a second and six. You know, just be able to hold on to the ball if you don't get the big play. That's what I want to see out of that offense. If the big play comes, fine. But the next time we got the ball, don't go three and out because you can't get the big play. And that seems to be what our offense is. And in games that we have lost, that's what killed us. We wasn't able to move the ball when we didn't get when we didn't have big plays. Or didn't Steve, have turnovers. Steve. They had two three and outs. They had two three and outs in the Pittsburgh game. Okay, they had the That's ball one, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Thirteen possessions. Okay, they had they two three they had, they had thirteen possessions, they had two three and outs, they punted four times in the game. That's it. Well, no, That's it. well all right. Steve, come on, man. Hey, Smell the roses. It's December. We might be coming to your right. neighborhood. The Canes might be coming to Atlanta. I you and I, I'm might. Just, we, might be, we might be drinking together. That would be great. That would be great. Come on, man. We, we, we don't worry be happy. Oh, no, I, I just hope we can hang on to the recruiting class and, you know, hope we win. Hang on. They want to add to it. <laughs> uh, what happened? They're trying to add to the recruiting class, not hang on to it. They want to get they want to get even better. Yeah, we'll add on to it and keep what we got. And, and like you say, though, we need to get it. Might be some of the um, the help for Denacio, but he don't help his cause when he don't make adjustments during the game. Like you say, when you look at safety running backwards, and you, you you look at corners not being able to find the ball. We, we got to, you know, we just got to make better adjustments before the game get and practice before we get to the game. You know what I'm saying? And one more thing, I hope um, whoever we play, I hope we, I hope we go into this game looking to win it, not just to just show up, not to get lucky. Like I heard my coach say the other day, he was wishing for some luck for his players on Saturday. Oh, I you think know, they're going to show up for the bowl game looking to win it. I don't think there's any question about that. All right, and um, all right, Steve, let's see. Hey, let's see what happens Sunday. Let's see if uh, you know, talk to those guys up at the Chick Fil A Bowl. Um, I would, if I were you, I would go over to their offices or something, and you know, tell them make sure they pick your Hurricanes <laughs> so you can just stay home and watch your team play in the bowl game. Yeah, all right. And, and give, us, give us a call all next right, week. Yeah, all right, give us a call next that. week. We'll talk about it. All right, Steve. Well, I'll tell you, I, I love Steve, and like I said, he's been one of our greatest callers the whole season. But man. Sometimes you just got to allow yourself to be a little bit happy, you know? I mean, that was not a horrible performance up at Pittsburgh. 
All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Let's go now out to the 850, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Are you with us? All right, call back. Let's go now to the 305, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing? Hey, guy. Who's this? It's Brucey W. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, Brucey? I'm doing good. I'm happy. God, man, it's like, man, it's like you go to Pittsburgh. It's 30 degrees. You get two early turnovers. The offense is kicking butt the whole day. The kids are having fun. They're running around with their shirts off. And yes, yeah, so Pitt picked up 300 yards of offense in the second half with the game totally under Miami control. And, you know, a lot of it was, was probably a little bit of prevent defense. And um, no one's trying to say the defensive problems are, are solved. But, man, I mean, that was not a bad victory on Friday. No, I didn't expect them to win that game. I thought the cold was going to get them. I mean, I went to Orlando a few years ago and, and sat through that Wisconsin, you know, disaster. And then. Uh, the Notre Dame ball game was bad too, but uh, I'm, I'm glad they won. You know what? Offensively, I thought Morris moved. He got out of the pocket a little bit and he threw the ball to Hearns on the sidelines. I like those plays. They should use that play more often during the season. That was pretty. That was pretty good. I thought Morris played probably his best game of the year. If, if yeah. he had played at that level in all those games, you'd have a different record right now, without question. And some of the games that were close might not have been so close. And we wouldn't no, be complaining about I a lot of these things. But the he he did a phenomenal job. Yeah, he, he, and there was a few drops too thrown in there. Yep. Uh, but I, I thought they played well. You know, everybody last week or two weeks ago we talked about the defense, and everybody keeps talking about D'Onofrio. Um, I, I posted the other day, and, and I'll, I'll say it again. Um, and I think Steve just made the same comment about the adjustments. But when you look at what Vatek was, beat, they were beaten by Duke. And they were beaten by um, Boston College in two consecutive weeks, and Logan Thomas had eight turnovers. And then we play them, and they don't go after this kid. And then the following week, Maryland beats them by going after this kid. That's the part that bothers me. I mean, 500 yards is 500 yards. But when, what, what game film are you watching to prepare for Virginia Tech, which I know was a couple of weeks ago already? What are you watching when you see eight turnovers by a quarterback in two weeks and you don't do what those teams did? That's the part that I could say this in the air, I guess, pisses me off. That bothers me, and it bothers a lot of the people on Kane Sport. How do you answer that one? What is he watching? I, yeah, you're right. See, whatever, you know, whatever yardage, whatever scheme we're doing, that's bad enough. But there's no excuse for that. There's none. What, I watched um, Virginia Tech play Georgia Tech in the third or fourth week of the season, and Bud Foster had his safety the one who's, I think, two or three brothers already played at the school, in the box, at the line of scrimmage, daring them to throw the ball. They scored 10 points, Georgia Tech, and they usually score 35 or 40. This is a guy who looked at film, and he made an adjustment, and he dared, he took away whatever strength they had by putting an extra guy at the line of scrimmage. How come this guy doesn't do that? It seems to me that every quarterback that gets to the line of scrimmage sees the exact same defense on every single play, with very little exception. And it seems when they're blitzing, they know exactly where it's coming from and what down it's going to happen at. It's, 
Uh, that's the part that gets me the most. So I'm not sure whether this guy's going or he's not going, as you said, but I sure hope that Golden sits down with this guy and they make adjustments and they change the way they're playing defense. Because I don't care if they bring in Moten. I don't care if Russell Maryland comes back. If they keep playing like this, they're not going to be much better defensively. Now, your thoughts on that? No argument at all. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're once again spot on. You know, and uh, it has been. A I know the talent's history. not there, Gary, but I, like I said, no, I still not. think that if Russell and Cortez played and they played like this, it wouldn't be any different. Well, it would be different. Yeah, well, you <laughs> know what those, I'm saying. Those guys <laughs> dominating defensive linemen that could play this defense better than the guys that are playing it. So it right, would be but, different. All right, but, but, but last I don't year they play the yeah, way they're playing yeah. with the talent level they have. I agree. All right, so then last year this was a problem. A year ago now. Here it is, 12 months later, what's really changed? What did Golden, as the head coach, what did he really fix? They got a little bigger, I guess. They, they were a little tougher. They were in better conditioning, better conditioned team. But in theory, they were just as bad. Actually, bigger, I think tougher, it's worse because a year goes by and you're still playing result. like this. What? Yeah. Bigger, tougher, better conditioned than the exact same result. Right, Correct. same result. Now, the 9-3, and three, whatever that could be from, I don't know, it could be that they beat a few teams that weren't that good this year. They really didn't beat anybody that good when you look at it. In retrospect, Florida turned out to not be so good. So they, the three games that they, they could have won that they didn't win, Vitek, Duke, and Florida State, three teams that are good going to bowl games. So who did they yep. beat? That's so I know 9-3 and three is a number, but, it, but to me it bothers me, that they, it bothers me the way they played all year. I, I could look at the 9-3 and three and be happy, but as a Kane fan, uh, that's, no, it's can. still just a number to me. Yeah, it absolutely is, because the way the season shaped up with the teams being the level they were, you, you're not going to be able to make a solid argument that Virginia Tech and Duke were better should have been better teams than Miami this year. That, this should have been a one-loss team, even in the state that it's in. And right. that you know that's why you can't call the season a success. Right, you, and you can you complain about our players, but you can't athlete. tell me that Duke and, that Duke has better defensive players than Miami. No, I don't but understand they, why but they played not, better. They played, they played better. better and they prepared better. Yes, and they, they didn't have better because Duke went after Logan Thomas and Miami right. didn't. They let him just sit there and pick us apart, and that's the difference between Bud Foster and and Mark D'Onofrio. This other guy knows what he's doing, and he makes adjustments, and he sees what he sees what the other team's weaknesses are, and he goes after it. And I don't see D'Onofrio doing anything other than, well, we have to execute better. Well, how many more post-game shows do we have to listen to our head coach saying we had to execute better? I'm tired of yep. it. Gladly, he didn't have to do it Friday, so I was a little relieved by that. Yeah, so. and, and yeah. And so, what was? The, did you know anything about these shirts being offered? Just, just it I just happened. And everybody in the press I was box stand, was going I was crazy. right there when they came out. I was taking pictures. I got on. They, they had me on Sports Center taking pictures of them. Uh, <laughs> first, first time I've ever been on Sports Center. My kids were so excited, you know. But no, it, it was really funny. I mean, it was funny as heck. I mean, it started out with Jared Wheeler, and then a couple minutes later, the, um, the DBs came out, and then a couple minutes later, the linebackers came out, and. You had 20 kids running around on the field with their shirts off, and um, everyone, all the pit players are looking at them like they're crazy. And the, the pit students are screaming at any hurricane that came out of the locker room with his clothes on. That's one thing we didn't see from the photos. What was pit players' reaction? So you just told us. Oh, so they they, were looking they, at they looked at them like they were crazy? Yeah, they looked at them like they're crazy, yeah. You know, they're <laughs> whooping and hollering and throwing footballs around and 
<laughs> they, they thought they were nuts, but the uh, and your teeth and the, were chattering, and, and all the Pitt students wanted to do was see them naked, which I you know I was kind of wondering about that a little bit, but you know <laughs> they were screaming the Pitt, for nudity. Pitt so. Guys wanted to see them naked. Yeah, all the students that were, that were hanging out early. Yeah. All right, Bruce. <laughs> anything else tonight? No, I think that's board. all. But uh, uh, good to talk to you, and let's just hope that we do play hard in this bowl game because it's been a while. All right. All right man, what's the last What's up. the last bowl game we won against Nevada? Oh my God. Yeah, what's the That's best, true, right? what's the last what's the last good bowl game that anybody went got a chance to go to? I guess Wisconsin. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. looking for boy, I hope Chick Fil A picks them. I would love to see a, a good bowl game against an SEC team. Well, see if All you right, can get we'll a poll on Canesport how many yards Manziel throw for. Yeah, that would be funny. Give us a call next 600, week. Six hundred, seven hundred. Yeah, it could be. Call in next week. We'll talk about the matchup. I will, buddy. We'll, we'll see All right, talk to you soon, buddy. All right, bye bye. Bye. All right, let's go now to the um, the two five six where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? How you doing, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? This is Big G. Hey, what's up, Big G? What you got? Man, I'm doing all right. Man, just uh, sitting here, just uh, just thinking about these old Canes, man. Uh, two two points I want to make. Uh, I'm a, I'm a defensive coach, and we run a three four. So uh, high school. It's high school. Yes, yes. Uh, okay, go ahead. It's all it's all scheme. The Nafrio doesn't understand the three four at all. Uh, I'm gonna give you a prime example. The first touchdown pitch score, they went they went tight in left, two receivers to that side. Football one on one rule is you never take your outside linebacker out of the box. Miami takes their outside linebacker, splits them out to cover the two receivers. You you don't do that. You roll your safety down, leave your safety, leave your other safety one high, and you go uh, and you go one on one backside with the single receiver. I might be talking a little uh, over your head. You may not understand what I'm saying, but it's it's all scheme. And, and then when you're having problems with your uh, can't stop in the inside run game, it's because your defensive tackles are lined up in five. When you have to line up in four eyes to cut those tackles off, penetrate them in, and that's where you let your inside linebackers roam over the top and make plays. That first that first touchdown that Pitt ran, they had us outmanned to that side. They they blocked down, pulled the tackle, and hey, it's clean selling. It's all scheme. That guy needs to the mafia needs to go sit down with a three four guy that understands the three four in and out. And then Miami will be a, a better team. Even sounds like all he needs. I sounds mean, like all he needs to do is come visit you. Hey, 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 hey! I guarantee you, our staff at Muscle Shoals High School, we could come in with that talent, and I guarantee you, we can make a difference. It is it's all scheme with him. Now, grant you uh, another play. I say when Crawford uh, in the open field can't make a tackle. Not not that he is talent, but you also got to you got to coach up the, the tackling and the fundamentals, man. That's just it's. Ugh. And and whose responsibility is, whose responsibility is that? The You're fundamentals. Right, the, the, whoa, 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 whoa! Whose responsibility? The fundamentals <laughs> and the mental and the mental preparation. You're right. It, it, it's the it's the position coaches. But okay. You still and and to, that's why I still, say it's more than one guy. It's not one guy. Yeah, but 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 you still get your your cues from the head guy. Your, your defensive coordinator is put. He puts in the the, uh, the drills, everything that he wants to do every day. You 
have to have that. You have to have a fundamental tackle period. You should do that every day. Miami is a horrible fundamentally uh, coach team because you see guys like uh, 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 Jenkins. He comes up. He's flying in the box. He's straight up in the air. You can't make no tackle running full speed at a guy. This is not high school. Even high school guys are not going to let you just clean their clock. You got to break down in the proper technique and make a tackle. Everybody's trying to make a kill shot. That's coaching. So, you know, I know we, we, we don't have the top, you know, level talent right now, but we are sold a lot better. We have a lot more talent than, than like the guys on the board said than Duke and a lot of these teams that we are playing. I think, like you said, Miami should be 11-1. and one. No ifs, ands, and buts about it. 11-1. The ACC sucks, except for uh, uh, Florida State and in uh in Clemson. The rest of the league is garbage. Yeah. It is. Yes, yes, man. He he had to or and and, and you That's say, what makes this year so disappointing. Yeah. And, you know, that's and what, you that's say what makes that, it so disappointing. Yeah, yeah. And you say that, that you don't think one guy I think one guy would make a difference, Gary. I think if you get rid of him and bring in a guy that understands the scheme, hey, because if you're not in football, if you're not lined up correctly, you can't play football. You're going to lose. I don't care how good you are. If you're not lined up properly, you're going to lose. When the team yep. overloads you, pit, pit lined up in another one set, they went, they went double tight ends to one side. Our outside linebacker, our outside linebacker which is Shane uh, uh, Green, supposed to squeeze the tight end, wrong shoulder, wrong shoulder to pull up. He doesn't even touch the tight end. He just stands there and dance and then gets up trail. That's all coaching. They, they yep. oh, man, it's, it's coaching. And, and, you know, I'm not trying to pull my own uh, tail anything. My staff, we took over a school, Marshall High School. Marshall High School has never been anything. For first year, we went 2-8. and eight. Second year, same talent. Second year, we're 9-3. We lost in the second round of the playoffs. Year, really? This is year six. Year six, Thursday what night, we're playing for that. Huh? What was the difference? Most, what was different? It's coaching. Yeah. Scheme. Then it's mm-hmm. kids, yeah. Third, Thursday night, we'll be playing for the Father's State Championship. Wow. And, 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 and we don't have a whole lot of talent. Since, since I've been there six years, we've had one five-star, D-liner. That's it. Mm-hmm. Everything else is two-star. And, uh, and once you oh know the kids, you, I think, You're a Miami fan, and you didn't send him to Miami? Hey, I tried. <laughs> I, I tried. How's he doing yeah, in Alabama? Tried, is, he, is, he play, is he playing there yet? He he uh he they tried to take his little red shirt off. I think he played a little bit in the um, the last Tennessee. He played a little bit in the Tennessee game, but they put the uh-huh. they put the shirt back on him. So did they? So, yeah, right. they, they red shirt. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. give us a call next week. Let us know how you do in your championship game, and uh, we'll see who we're playing in the bowl game. All right, man. Take it easy, man. All have right, man. Great, great call. Thanks for calling. Guy made some great points, huh? I mean, wow. It sounds like he knows what he's talking about. If his high school team is really showing that type of year-to-year improvement. So, um, all right, let's go now. 850, where you are now Hello? live on Kane's Five. Yes, sir. How you Hello? doing tonight? Yeah, you're How on, you man. Doing good. Yeah. Who's this? Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, what you Who's think this? the chances on uh, getting Dixon? The chances of getting Dixon, I mean, are good. <laughs> you know, um, so. I mean, we'll, we'll know. Apparently, we're going to know this weekend. So, I mean, but, you know, the thing that I worry about is when you're looking at 
Alabama and Ohio State in tandem with Miami right now, and you haven't spent a ton of time in in Miami, you know that's that, that's enough to worry about, you know, and and you know that might tilt the scales a little bit. In fact, w- what I'm going to propose here is we're going to have Keenan Codrington come on in about another 10, 15 minutes, and he has spent a lot of time talking to Johnny Dixon. And he'll be able to right. really give us – and that will be one of the first things I talk to him about. And he'll be able to okay. give us a really good opinion on that that will be um, a little bit more educated because I know he's discussed the situation with Johnny in depth. But uh, does Miami have a great chance? Of course they do. You know, Miami's been the leader for several months now going back into last summer. And um, right. he's, a, you know, he's a South Florida kid, and uh, of course they have a decent chance. Okay. Anything else I mean, tonight? He, he, yeah, you said uh, I'm asking why why it cannot be a, a instant fix on defense. Well, I guess there can okay. be. I, I'm just not impressed by by the talent coming back. I don't right. see any I mean, impact it's, players it's, it's, coming back. I mean, even Denzel Perriman is borderline. If you if you want to talk about impact players, I mean, right. he looks great on individual plays, but I'm not going to sit here and call him an impact player who changes the game. Right. I mean, I don't see right. one guy. I don't see one guy on that side of the ball that I would call that. So yeah. you know, just being honest. You got you got you got Howard, you got Howard, you got Bush. Yeah, they're not impact players. They're just they're guys, man. You got to put somebody out there. It's not like they make yeah. a ton of plays. I mean, uh, they, they they're okay. Be. I mean, I, I thought Tracy okay. Howard made nice. He made nice forward progress this year. Um, Deion right. Bush didn't even play until the middle of the season. Yeah, he was hurt. He was hurt. Yes, that's understandable. Yeah, so I mean, he, he didn't he didn't make a forward move this year. I thought Rayshon Jenkins better, he looked was okay last year. at times. You know, Rayshon Jenkins was okay at times, but impact? Right. No, not even close. Okay, so I, I, so our talent is better on offense than his defense. Not even in the same stratosphere, and that's the problem. Well, why why that's not? Right. Why is? And to me, that's the problem. Right. Okay. All right. So, All right. Uh, I guess they, they I guess they're fixing it this year. Get a lot of defensive players coming in. Yeah, you got a ton of recruits, but to expect them to come in and, and do it as true freshmen is a pipe dream, in my opinion. You can't come in and play defensive line and linebacker as true freshmen and and make an impact in, in most cases, unless unless you have like Ray Lewis type talent, and maybe maybe one of these guys will. You know, we didn't know what Ray Lewis had that kind of talent until he came in and showed it. So that's right. Maybe that's they will. True. Maybe they will. You never yeah. know. Well, All right. Hey, thanks. Oh, okay, you got to go. Just keep me oh, on. Well, I'll, I'll listen in. Oh, you want to hold on? Okay. All right. I'll I'll leave yeah. I'll leave you on. All right. Let's go out now to the um the seven oh four where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Good. How are you, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? This is Peter from Mooresville, North Carolina. Hey, what's up, Peter? Uh, not much. Um, everybody's saying throw Kevin Olsen into the fire and all this BS. Never even seen him throw a ball, have they? No, they haven't. They haven't seen anything <laughs> since last last year and when he was in high school. But um, I think the Canes next year should use like they should have like kind of like a rebuilding year. Like they should let Ryan Williams play. Uh, you say all the time that the Canes, like, we're not improving because they're being thrown into the fire and, like, we don't have opportunities to redshirt them because we need them to play now. And I think next year they should kind of use that. Like, throw a redshirt on Duke Johnson, 
let him heal for a year, let Brian Williams play, and let Kevin Olsen experience the playbook one more year, and then yeah, it just it doesn't work that way, man. It, it, it just doesn't work that way. If this team goes four, four and, and eight next year because they're not playing the, the best guys that they could put out on the field, um, everybody that's on hold right now, everybody that's on the message boards, everybody that's a fan is going to want to run these guys out of town. You know, coaches can't afford to do that anymore. But but you're right, and, and I say this over and over that part of the problem and why this program just keeps going around in circles right now is because they keep having to play freshmen that shouldn't be on the field. You know, and I'll even include guys like uh, Muhammad this year, third down pass rusher. He had, what, two sacks, and both were against Savannah State? I mean, come on. Th- that guy didn't have to be on the field. You know, he did, he did absolutely nothing to advance this season. If that were David Gilbert and not Muhammad, I'm not convinced the record would be any better. And, you know, so in that regard, I'll agree with you in that it wouldn't hurt the coaches to to maybe be a little little have a little tougher standard in terms of who they play as freshmen. You know, I don't think that would hurt at all. Because I mean, in the recruit in the recruiting class, who can you honestly think should play right out the gate next year? Um, hopefully, and I'll, I'm going to get the list in front of me, but hopefully, nobody. <laughs> You know, I mean... That's what I'm saying. Like, next you know, year... I, 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 I think Braxton Berrios coming in early, he's got a chance to play because I do think that they're going to try to um, do some more things with the wide receivers next year. Um, you know, um, just look, just quickly going down the list, I don't really see too many other guys. You know, Daryl Langham might have a chance because he's a receiver. Um, I think Casey McDermott, even though he's an offensive lineman, has a chance just because he's so advanced um, and developed. I really like this kid, Darian Owens, who's um, a DB who's going to be a linebacker in, in college. I think his game might be advanced enough for him to contribute next year. Uh, Brandon Powell, as a slot receiver slash running back, uh, probably has a chance. Um, just because they've played freshmen so much, Chad Thomas, I would say, you know, might have a chance next year. But, um, you know, hopefully most of them, a lot of them will redshirt next year. And you bring up the wide receivers. Uh, I think another problem that we have with wide receivers is that we have these, like, six-foot speed guys. And I think that we should get bigger on the outside so we can go more downfield. It's hard for Philip Dorsett. They want to get bigger. They, they want to. They're trying to recruit big receivers. Everybody wants to get bigger. I mean, they're not going to pass on Johnny Dixon, but, but, you know, they do want to get bigger. You know, they took Langham, who's a 6'5 receiver. Um, they took uh, Tyree Brady who's a 6'3 receiver. Uh, they're still trying to get Ermin Lane, who's another like 6'3 type kid. So they're trying to get bigger. Yeah, because you look at Mike Evans for Texas A&M, it seems like Johnny Football always goes to him, and it's always a big play. And then you think of Jordan Matthews or Vanderbilt. It's like big guys on the outside equals big plays. Hey, look at Kelvin Benjamin, Florida State. Yeah, they're tough to match up with. You know, your, de- your cornerbacks don't come at that size. It's a tough matchup. All right, Jerry, thanks for right. answering my call and uh, keep me no online. Problem, I'll keep listening. You want to be on hold also? Okay, um, we'll we'll leave you on hold. Thanks for calling. Give us a call again uh, next week. All right, let's go out now to the um, the two two five where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, Gary, what's going on, man? This is Jason in Baton Rouge. Hey, what's up, Jason? Nothing much. What can man. we do for you? Um, the first thing I want to say is I believe that everybody 
that's calling in. I, I think your perception of what they're saying and how they're coming off is that they're upset and that, you know, everybody's trying to really be negative. Everybody, they're happy. Everyone's happy that Miami won. That's the first thing. Everybody's happy. They're just, they're just not really pleased with the way that they won. And I mean, it's ugly. They're giving up too many yards and so forth. But, but I'm going to try to make this quick. My thing is, I think that this playing the seniors, that, that philosophy has to go. I personally believe that. Well, hopefully, hopefully, if you do, if the job being done in development and recruiting continues to improve, that you want to be playing the seniors. I mean, and that's the goal is to get to the point where you want to play them. But you're right; they're not close to that yet. Exactly, and that's the goal. But right now, you see, when he when Al Golden came in, the first thing he was talking about is winning, winning now. And the goal is, it, it seems like they kind of shift a little bit, and that's why everybody's kind of upset because, you know, he was energetic and he's excited. Let's win. Let's do this here, rah, rah, rah. But at the end of the day, he's talking about, you know, I'm going to play the seniors, and I understand why he's trying to play the seniors. I get that. But at the same time, then the seniors, let's just face it, they're, they're really not that good. And, and I agree with you, Gary. It's not just Coach D'Onofrio. It is not just him. I mean, that it is poor coaching across the board on the defensive side, in my opinion, just across the board. I mean, I don't think Paul Williams does, you know, a really good job in, in, in coaching the defensive backs up and, and teaching them how to disengage with the receivers, um, how to get off blocks and make tackles. Stop hitting every receiver up high because it takes them, the receiver takes them on a ride every time so they get an additional two to three yards. And, you know, as big as Casey, I don't know if anybody's listening, but if you guys see Casey Rogers in person and A.J. Highsmith, those are some big guys. They're big. They're big defensive backs, well, but they don't play big. big. I mean, Casey Rogers is a big kid. I, oh, I know, but I'm, but I'm saying the they're not, big no. com- compared to the other defensive backs in the country. They are big. I mean, when you, when you stack them up, I'm not, when I say big, I'm not talking about – um, everybody's going to be six two or six two and a half, kind of like Casey. It's not that. I'm just talking about their entire physique. When you look at them and you stack them up against whoever the number one corner is in the country right now, you'll be like, okay, I see why he he should probably be on the field just basing basing it off the the, the look test, the eye test. But I wanted to say that first of all, he just needs to kill this senior thing where he's keep playing the scenes because that's that's not working out. And I just believe, you know, moving forward, they should play the younger guys because the the defense is getting killed anyway. They're getting killed anyway. And, I, and I, I mean, you know, for one, I, I do believe in red shirting, and that's why I told you a few weeks ago when I got on the radio is that they're going to be three to four years behind because they're not going to be at a red shirt. And they they they're gonna stay behind the the eight ball because they're sprinkling in a few red I mean a few freshmen here a few freshmen there and then the other ones are just more or less projects so you're gonna stay behind the eight ball until you continuously get some impact players and coach them up because they do have a few that I believe with the proper coaching they'll be better now I mean I'm not sitting there saying that old um, uh, Tracy Howard is. He's an impact player. I don't believe he's an impact player. Now, there's a possibility. I agree. That's what a lot of people don't know. He's not even fast. You can look and, at him and say he's not fast. 
and you know the other thing people don't realize is Gunter's not that fast either, and and, and having two corners that are like four five four six could be a part of the reason why D'Onofrio was scared to death to bring the safeties up. You know, there's a it, lot that goes into this. Exactly, they're they're not that fast. The only one that has decent speed is Crawford. He's pretty fast, but he's not tech. He's not technique wise. He's not sound. He's not sound technique wise. But he, but you know, it's it's doable for what what we're doing with the scheme. Now, uh, let me see. The other thing was that I just I just I think that Al is playing the the political game with the coaching staff and just he, he does so many politically correct things that is killing a team. And what I mean is, number one, the seniors, kill that. Stop playing these seniors and just move forward with the younger guys with more talent. They're coming in with more talent, and you can you can get better production for the future. For the future, if they go ahead and start playing these guys, the the the, the freshmen and the, the red shirt freshmen because they've already red shirt, and then maybe you can give them a breather. You may can give them a breather with the seniors, but you, it's it's very hard for me and a lot of other people to look back and say, AJ Highsmith, that's the best we have. I don't care about him lining up. I don't. I mean. By him lining up and, and he know where to be, and I, you know I get it at the same time. His dad played, and you know you got to play. I mean, you got to pay homage there, and so forth. That's the political stuff I'm talking about as well. That it, it, it keeps the, the the university and the team stagnant, and that's what I'm looking at. And I'm gonna let you go ahead and go forth and make your comments or whatever about that. But I just I just personally believe Al he's. You know, I, I hear a lot of people say that, you know, he's a smooth talker, which he is. He's a smooth guy. He's a smooth talker. Everybody wants him to be successful, but his approach is just not going to get it. He, he, nope. he needs he's got to change some things. He, yeah, he needs a little bit more of a, a back, backbone to say, okay, we're, we're not going to do this. Quit quit being politically correct 24-7. Just go out the box a little bit because what we're doing right now clearly – I'm just talking about defense. Clearly, it's not working. Whatever that is. But I'm going right, to go us, ahead and go, Gary. Yeah, give us a call. Give, give me us a call hold. again next week. Good, good, good give call. You hold. say you want to be on hold? Yes, sir. All right, I'll leave you on hold. All right, thanks for calling. Let's go now to the um, the seven three two, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hi, Gary. Yes, sir. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Who's this? Okay, this is Ken from Ocean Township, New Jersey. Hey, and what's I up, fly? Ken? Well, I try not to ever say anything in anger, but when I heard last week's show, it's just one rip after another, and the negativity is, is really bothersome. Well, you know what? It, 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 was the Duke, it was the Duke loss. The Duke loss put everybody over the edge. That's what it yes. was. You know, um, I've been following the Kane since 1958 when I was a freshman, and when you want to know about bad football teams, I saw them. We were 2-8 and eight that year. If you want to talk about a horror show, that was it. And then we, what about all those games uh, that we had maybe three wins in a season, several times in the 70, almost lost our football team. And then we go fast forward to now, we are now 9-3. and three. I don't care what the schedule is, because remember over the years, the Florida Gators, how do they end up uh, padding their win total? Three cupcakes a year. Every year at home, no out-of-state conference game. None except 
Syracuse in 91 or what happened. They got blown out. But they're afraid to do it. They don't want to play Miami. Why? You take a look at the record. Miami beats them. Uh, I remember at the beginning of the year, before the year started, uh, wasn't Florida ranked number 10? And I had said, uh, spoke to a friend of mine, speaking that we go to a lot of games together, and we both said, Miami's going to be Florida. Why? The history is there. And I was at a gathering, a family gathering on Saturday in Philadelphia, and my uh, niece's in-laws were in town, and uh, they live in Clearwater, Florida. And I was talking to her father-in-law and made mention to the fact that all this criticism about Miami, uh, he's following this Pittsburgh game. He said, Miami's dominating this team. It's, it's not even close. And I said, we get a lot of criticism down in uh, South Florida about Miami not being good enough. He said, you want to see a bad football team? I said, what do you mean? He said, the Gators. He said, they are terrible. So, <laughs> this, you know, it's a matter of perception. What's You're wrong right. with nine wins? It's not three and nine. It's not two and eight. It's not three and eight. It's not four and seven. It's nine and three. And what did we most hope for in the beginning of the year? We wanted to win nine or ten games. And people forget, oh, the schedule is soft. I am so sorry. But remember, a lot of people beginning of the year said we were going to lose to Georgia Tech. We were going to lose to the University of North Carolina. Uh, Virginia Tech. Obviously, they didn't think about Duke. But right, so the bottom Duke line is you're seeing the glass year. half full, which is which is good. You know, the words. It's always a matter of perception. What is going to be a, a good schedule uh, during the course of the year? You play the schedule, and remember. And I hear about these schemes on defense. I don't mean to jump around. Oh, we have to play this team. They don't know how to play a three-four, four-three. But the good Miami team and the gentlemen that call, well, uh, our players like Maryland and all that, uh, Cortez Kennedy, they wouldn't be able to work under this condition. Well, my good friend, what was the defense that Miami played in those days? A basic 4-3, very rarely blitz. Am I correct? And also, when they played like the wing, the teams like Nebraska and Oklahoma, what did they do? The the, the middle linebacker would have one function. He keyed in on the fullback, and he keyed in on the quarterback. That's it. So, as another word, if they were going to go up the middle with the fullback, he was going to be plugged the middle. If they were going to sweep and try to go to the outside, somebody was assigned to that quarterback and the guy behind him. That was all they did. Nothing fancy. And now I hear this fancy, fancy scheme. It's player. It's player. And I look right, at great, this look, roster. Great, great points. You're getting long-winded yeah, on us now, but, but, but yeah. great, great, great points. And you know, it, it's refreshing because you're bringing a different point of view, and, and you're a fan that's not as upset as some others. And you're saying you're happy with nine wins, and on the face value, you know, nine wins is about what you would have most people would have predicted coming into the year. I think what threw everybody off uh, was that Duke game. Uh, nobody could even begin to envision that Miami would get dominated that way in the fourth quarter and lose basically by 25 points to Duke, even though it was 18 points. It really was a 25 you know, all point. The games, even the games they lost. Miami wasn't blown out in the beginning of any of these games. They were the half with Florida State before they caught up. Yeah. And they also played that miserable well, you got a really, day you got a really good Virginia offense. Tech. You know, the offense is very good. And even though it struggled also at times, you got a lot of talent on that side of the ball. All right, let me let you go. Give us a call next week. Um, great points. And, um, okay, thank and you very much. Yep.
thanks for calling the show. All right, we're going to switch now gears out to the um, the 770, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Jerry, how you doing, sir? It's Royal. Hey, what's up, Royal? Oh, nothing much, man. Hey, I'm not going to um, really get into the, you know, keep talking about the defense. It's a broken record. It is what it is. But I, I'm, I'm going to talk about one thing in particular. I, I watched the game, uh, the Pittsburgh game, Gary, and I noticed uh, 34 on Bristol, number 90, Kamalu, and um, 98, Muhammad. They pretty much play on the right side. And I noticed they were still a five-man front, and they kept caving down. I watched all three of those guys, when they was in there, they kept doing the same thing. I'm just trying to figure out what, what, what's up with that. Why was they caving down? Maybe it's something about, about the scheme. You could tell me that I'm still not understanding. No, nope, that, That's I all I want to say. Yeah, that's all I want to say about that. Now, one caller that called the uh, football coach, man, that was, that was a good insight. That was a great call. But, um. I'm not going to be long. Um, basically, uh, I want to talk a little bit about recruiting. Um, yeah, I got your comments about uh, you said there's really not a whole lot of imp- – well, you you want to see a lot of guys that's going to play as freshmen. I understand that, too. Um, man, I really, I look, looking at film with Chad Jackson, man, I, I think that kid – Chad Thomas, excuse me, I think that kid is special. Yeah. Um, I, I think Brandon Powell is special. Man, I think yep. he's special. He's little, but he's special. Um, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I think he's special. Um, I really haven't had a lot of time to watch a lot of film on the other guys. But let me ask you about uh, two guys in particular. And, um, you can put me on hold, and I'll just listen. Uh, Malik Rozier and Kay, uh, what, what, what are your thoughts on them? And just put me back on hold, and I'll listen. All right, well, um, Malik Rozier is a dual-threat quarterback, an athletic kid that you might see them try to do some different things with on third down, similar to what you see um, Auburn doing. Uh, I don't know how he fits as, as an every-down guy. You know, we'll have, we'll have to see uh, going forward. Uh, but he's a very smart kid. He's he's a winner, and I think that's why James Coley decided to focus in on him as opposed to Alan Edward from Hialeah. Uh, Kaya is is a, is a classic quarterback, very much in the mold, probably of like a Stephen Morris. You know, he's he's got a strong arm. He can. He can make the, the tough throws. He's, he's a smart kid, understands offense, and um, is, a, is another really good guy to latch on to. USC and UCLA are trying real hard to get in there. Um, I know James Coley is in his house today, so we'll see what happens there. Um, there have been some rumors that his commit might not be as solid as originally thought. I'm not sure that that's true, uh, but we'll know more on that in the next day or so. All right, let's go now out to the um, the 330 where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? You with us? All right, you'll have to call back. Um, let's go now to the um, the 817, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hello? Well, it sounded like he was there, but I guess he doesn't have anything to say. All right, let's go now to the 863, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hello? All right. Let's shoot over now to the um, the 904, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hello? You with us? Well, this is kind of bizarre, isn't it? <laughs> Guys are on hold, and then when you get to them, they're not there. They must uh, go get a 
go get a beer or something. All right, let's try the um, let's try the eight one seven where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? All right, this is like I, I think guys are playing April Fool's jokes now because this is <laughs> this is getting to be too much of a pattern. Um, let's try the um, let's see the seven seven zero where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, what's going on, Gary? Hey, how you doing? Well, we here. We had about five calls in a row there where guys <laughs> disappeared on us. Yeah, I just want uh, real quick um, kind of touch on some of the other calls where they already said. I think people are generally, you know, happy with the with the way uh, things are going with the Kane, especially with in terms of recruiting and getting the NCAA thing over. But I also think there's some like revisionist history involved too, because if you remember in 2009, you know, we once again controlled our own destiny, and it, it so happened that we ended up, you know, again losing to a team in North Car- in North Carolina, the Tar Heels, and then we ended up winning uh, two games like we just won last time. And then we, went, we went, then we went on to the ball and lost to Wisconsin. And everybody was like, well, we're 9-3, and 9-3. and three. You know, let's be excited. We're going to a bowl game, blah, blah, blah. But you can still see those problems there. And people were trying to ignore the problem. And it's like we're, we're, we're right there we're now. We're, we're excited about the progress, but, yes, there are problems. And no, it's not one person, which is Anafrio, but, you know, because I feel it's Franklin too. But, you know, it's like I think people, you know, have been, been there before. Where it's like, yeah, where we're seeing progress, and yeah, we're nine and three, but there are problems there and are issues that need to be resolved. Yes, you're making an awesome point, and you know, to me, that's one of the keys. You know, you can't be in denial about what you are, and you know, even though you you could easily say, and we just had a caller a couple calls ago that was very excited about the nine and three season, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean. You know, there are a lot of teams out there that are way worse off. But I don't think you could sit there and say, oh, wow, we went 9-3 and three this year against this schedule in these circumstances and ignore all the problems that you had along the way that you better fix or next year that 9-3 and three very quickly could turn into 5-7 and seven or 6-6. Six and six. And, or 7-6 you know, again, like, you know, like, like we were exactly. in 2010. Yeah, it can happen very fast in this game, and you see it every year. Let happen to teams, and you know you have a textbook example right now because they're nearby in the University of Florida. Yeah, and I, and I think you know, like I said, it's not just you know you said it's not just one person. Like I said, I only think it's the Nafrio. You know, and I, and I do, you know, like the caller mentioned earlier from the, the guy from Alabama who coaches Muscle Shoals. You know, it, it is some with the with, with with the scheme in terms of adjustment because he's real slow to adjust. But, you know, like I said, I think, you know, the problem therein lies is Franklin, too. You know, I can't really, to me, I'm not like the other caller. You know, I, 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 I can't really put a lot of blame on Williams, and I can't put a lot of blame on Barrow because I, I've seen development there in the, in the past with players that they've had, and even now. I mean, you know, people can say, well, Tracy, Tracy Howard got that fast. Well, there's a lot of, a lot of corners out there fast, you know. I mean, look at the corner from Mississippi State. Um, the, the, like the guy, what's his name? I forgot his name, but a couple of years ago he ran a four six, you know, and he's one of the top corners in the SEC. And then you got corners, you know, now that run four six, like four sixes, that are still staying with, with receivers. Tracy, I haven't seen Tracy yet get beat deep, you know, where he's like two three yards behind a receiver chasing after him. But I've seen um, McGee, you know, who was our, our fastest cane, who ran a four two nine, getting beat constantly. 
Great like point. Virginia Tech receivers. You know, Great he point. was like a four two nine, four two seven. And you, you look you look at Rashawn Jenkins, who I think, you know, should have been at least honorable mention on ACC. You know, I mean to me, you know, he, he took a big step forward this year and I look you know, big things for him next year. But I, I, I see improvement there, but I haven't I see improvement in three years from, from that front line. And, you know, my one point, well, my last point, I'll let you go because I know you want to get Keenan on, is that, you know, you mentioned about there's no really impact players on the defense. And I don't think that's true because, I mean, I think, you know, Tyreek McCord, as when I mentioned Jenkins and even AQM, are, are impact guys. I mean, Tyreek had four sacks and two interceptions and five passes defense. You know, AQM, even though he had two sacks, he had numerous pressures and hurries. But these are guys that only got in on third down. But if we're running, we're running a, a, a 3-4 defense, why are they not playing on first and second down? Why are you not shifting your linebackers and have no running stunts? You know, like Denzel Perryman had 100-plus tackles, but only five tackles for loss and, like, one sack. Why is he not um, coming off the edge with AQM on the same side or Tyreek McCord on the same side? You and, know, and how about this? Best. I mean – Tyreek McCord's going to be a junior already next year, you know. Exactly. I mean, he's a kid that's shown some promise, but he was, you know, he should have been a freshman this year. But I think that's you know? the thing. I think it has to do with, 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 with I mean, you have impact players there, but I think you, it's use. You have to use them. I remember when, you know, I was, I, I was my last point. But I remember when um, before um, Jimmy Johnson got to the Eagles, uh, Jimmy Johnson got to the Eagles. We had Jeremiah Trotter and Brian Dawkins. They weren't Jeremiah Trotter and Brian Dawkins. When Jimmy Johnson got that defense, he played that defense, attacking defense there, they became Jeremiah Trotter, Pro Bowler, and Brian Dawkins, you know, Pro Bowl future Hall of Famer. Because that defense brought them, made, made, made them, allowed them to make plays, allowed them to be playmakers. And I think, you know, you have guys like AQM and McCord who are your jack linebackers who you can put at the 3-4 three, three, outside and let them rush or, or stunt. You have a Denzel Perryman, who you can use like a Denicus Allen from Michigan State and rush them off the edge. But you're not using them. you got these guys dropping back in coverage or just coming in on third down, and it's third and five where you're playing off-man coverage, which is basically just like when you play pitch and catch. How do you expect Tyreek McCoy and AQ to get to the quarterback when the corner is playing 10 yards off because that's the coverage you're calling and, and the, the linebacker is slow to get out there to cover the flat that's easy pitch and, pitch, uh, pitch and catch. You're not giving them a chance. And then yep, you wait right. for a year. All right, well, you know, awesome points, you know. Awesome points. Give us a call again next week. Yes, sir. All right, thanks for talk. Thanks for talking. Good talking to you. All right, let's shoot out now to the uh, 786, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Gary. Can you hear me? Which, I can hear you. What's going on? Hey, how you doing? This is Darren calling you again from Miami, man. What's um, your caller from New, I'm all right, bro. Your caller from New Jersey kind of stole my thunder, man. With all said, with all the negativity, with all the criticism, man, for this team to still be nine and three, when we have a career backup from Virginia starting as our defensive tackle, these coaches should be given some credit, man. You understand, Gary? I'm gonna say this to everybody: talk about scheme. You can switch. Defensive coordinators with Florida State bring their defense coordinator here and send D'Onofrio up there, and you still will have the same result. So I don't. I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, say 
this team don't have its issues. The team does have issues, Gary, but until we get – let me ask you this, Gary. Who is our Duke Johnson or Stacey Coley on the defensive side of the ball? Well, you don't Do we have, have one. one. No. My point. My point. Gary, doing that that uh, Duke – I'll even go to the Virginia Tech game. And when we line up our four down linemen or our three, however, deep, however we had down there, when it was time to get a sack on Logan Thomas, how many of our D linemen, not linebackers or corners coming off the edge, how many of our D linemen beat their man one-on-one and got a sack? No. None. No. No. The whole year. Yes. The whole year. All year. I, I don't remember All one year. play by a defensive tackle in the backfield the entire season. This is my point, Gary. So I don't care if you bring in Bud Foster or whoever to coach this defense, you would have gotten the same results. The men aren't there. We don't have a Vince Wolford. We don't have a Jerome Brown on the defensive side of, of the ball. Not even so for this team, this team to be early in the year ranked number seven, undefeated, these coaches had these guys overachieving. Gary, I said it last week. The coaches have gotten all they're going to get from this group of guys we got in our own defense. Until we get some better recruits coming in, Fars on the D-line. Okay, I'm, I'm willing to give Tracy Howard a pass. Okay, he's starting to come into his own. He's starting to play more aggressive. You know, I think it's going to take some of those younger corners coming in to start pushing him and to get him to really t- take his game to the next level. But, Gary, until we get them horses up front, because that's where games are won and lost in the trenches. We got them on offense. We got a, a stud offensive line. We got some stud offensive linemen coming in. But right now, Chicolo, God bless his heart, Shayon Green, um, the Renfro kid, number 90, they're just not cutting it, Gary. I haven't seen, like you just said, I haven't seen one of them beat their man one-on-one and sack the quarterback all year. No. The pressure has either come from the linebackers or come from a safety blitz or something. You understand? All right, well, we're going to shift gears, and, and, and we're going to start trying to figure out where this talent's going to come from. And exactly. uh, I'm gonna, Okay, Gary. I, I'm, I'm going to thank you for calling us. Give us a call again next week. And um, now I'm going to jump right on over to our buddy Keenan Codrington, the, the uh, rival Southeast recruiting analyst, and we're going to talk recruiting for a couple minutes here. Um, those of you that are on hold, uh, please stay where you are. I'll get back to you in a couple minutes. Um, Keenan, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well, Gary. How are you? Oh, we're doing good, man. I'll tell you, people have not recovered since the Duke loss. They just, uh, you know, <laughs> they just cannot see the light, and and that was just too big of a shock on the system. And uh, man, I, I I guess I understand it, but wow, it's December now. So, but anyway, yeah, um, yeah. L- let's um. Let's not worry about that for a few minutes here. Let's um, let's talk some recruiting. And uh, the first thing I wanted to talk to you about uh, is Dalvin Cook. And I'm sure you st- saw our stories today on Canesport.com, um, actually going back into yep. last night about the home visit of Al Golden, um, James Coley, and Hurley Brown into Dalvin Cook's household. And um, mm-hmm. by the time they exited, Dalvin Cook was at least saying all the things that Miami fans would want to hear. And he's going to visit this weekend, and I wanted to get your opinion. Is he serious, or is he just telling people what they want to hear? Well, it's, I mean, it's a good point, Gary, and it's a really good question. The whole process, Dalvin has 
said all the right things about other teams um, continuing to recruit him. And I think he said those things because he knew he wanted to be at Florida. Now I think we're December 3rd. I think there's some questions that he has about Florida, the, the direction of the program, and more importantly, the offense. So I think Miami has a chance to get in there, maybe give him something else to think about. I think with Dalvin and his situation right now is – he wanted to kind of get away from South Florida and do his own thing. With Yerby already committed to Miami, he's already played in the same backfield as Yerby. I don't think it was a question of competition. I just think he wanted to do something new and do something on his own. And I think, you know, he chose Clemson to begin with. I mean, we're, and then now he's at Florida, and it could be the third time's the charm. You know, <laughs> he's not a guy afraid to change his mind. I'll tell you that. <laughs> no, he, he's not. He's he's definitely not. And when you look at it too, um, from a fit perspective, I think Clemson and the in hindsight, you know, it could have been the, maybe the best school for his, his skill set and fit with him kind of reminding people a lot of C.J. Spiller. You know, I think with Florida and Percy Harvin, Percy Harvin was a talented player. He also was surrounded by a guy named Tim Tebow and the offense that uh, geared uh, getting him the ball in space and letting him make plays. And I think with Miami, uh, the fit would be, you know, comparing him to Duke as well. And, and, and quite frankly, he's not like any other player I think Miami's had from – the explosiveness in the offensive backfield. I think uh, all of Miami's traditional running backs have been um, a combo guys, and I think Cook just kind of brings an extra gear and extra added dimension to the table they haven't seen. And I think that's why he's so coveted. So Miami has a chance. They're getting him on campus. That really, really helps because, I mean, up until this point, he went to the Florida-Miami game, you know, as a Florida fan, and hasn't really said a whole lot about Miami, except that they kept recruiting him pretty hard. So, um this is this is this is something that's kind of changed in the last few days. I'm actually going to his practice tomorrow to see him, to kind of get caught up on all three of his in-home visits from the Big Three over the last couple of days, and hopefully I'll know a little more after talking to him as his phone's been turned off for a little bit. He switched numbers, and you know that's you know kind of that time for him. And I think he's going to make that final decision, Gary, um, next weekend at the state championship game. He wants to get everything done so he can go to that Armour All-American game and not be focused on recruiting, but just um, proving that uh, he may be a five-star caliber prospect, which has been the big buzz of him since the Rivals 100 rankings came out, and he was two spots away from that from that, uh, from that that title. All right, another guy getting ready to make a decision very soon is Johnny Dixon, and then I know you've had ongoing dialogue with Johnny all through the season, mm-hmm. and um, what's Johnny Dixon going to do this weekend, in your opinion? Well, to be honest with you, these two guys who I've talked to quite a bit the whole process have kept things so close to the vest it's really, really hard to read. Now, you know, Gary, he told you and I back in June at the Rivals 100 five-star challenge for them Under Armour that Miami was his leader. He looked, yep. you know, he told all of us, and he looked everyone in the eye and said, I think he said it was a lot of conviction. Since that time, I think some things have changed a little bit. Um, you know, he went to the Miami Family Barbecue in August, but since that time, he hasn't been back to Coral Gables, which leaves an element of concern, maybe some element yeah, of surprise. Yeah, that's a problem. I agree. That's an, you know, it could be something that – it could be a flag. Now, he's in a, he, you know, I talked to him on Friday after his game, um, and he said he was trying to go to Miami on Saturday, the day after Miami played Pitt. Now, he said he wasn't sure if he was still going down there. He hadn't talked to the coaches yet. So I think the line of communication you – know, obviously, Miami might have been busy coming back from the road trip – um, but I think the line of communication has been um, – it, it was better in the summer. I'm not sure exactly how it was through the fall. And I think other teams have had a chance to maybe, you know, convince them that maybe the opportunity to lease the, you know, the state or even South Florida 
could be, you know, could be an opportunity that Johnny may want to capitalize on. But he'll go on Saturday, and that'll be the last pitch for Miami. And, you know, it could be good news. Miami could, you know, say, hey, you're not leaving here without being a silent commit. You'll make your announcement on Sunday. That's great. He may go deliver the news in person that he's coming, or he may tell the coaches, you know, let me sleep on it for 24 hours and know my decision on Sunday. So, you know, Alabama's in the mix. They like him a lot. They really covet his speed. Ohio State has probably, to, to me, if you had to ask him my gut, they've probably done the best job recruiting him so far. I think NC State and Arkansas are kind of dark horses with Miami. Maybe in that top three pretty pretty hard with Alabama, Ohio State. Um, okay, um, now the the new Rivals rankings came out this week. Uh, the Rivals 100, the Rivals 250. Tomorrow you've got the four stars that are going to be announced outside the 250. Um, yep. The first guy I wanted to talk to you about is Chad Thomas. Uh, jumped from four-star to five-star. Talk about what went into that decision and, and why the Rivals team decided to make that switch. You know, um, Chad earned this opportunity to be a fifth-star and have his, have his chance to – showcase what kind of player he is on the, a big stage of like the Armour All-American game with other five-star prospects and more importantly, other five-star and four-star defensive and offensive linemen. Now, you know, he plays against really good competition in South Florida, but the offensive line play, you know, it isn't up to the caliber of what he's going to see in Under Armour. And I think we feel he'll have, every, we feel he'll not only hold his own, but we think he'll surprise a lot of people with, how strong he is at the point of attack. He's been playing a lot of defensive tackle this year, uh, letting Demetrius Jackson make a lot of plays off the edge, uh, facing double teams, and really not getting bullied or backed down, and really not pressing um, when the, the action goes away from him because teams, you know, scheme running the ball, you know, on the edge versus in between the tackles when he's there, or even when he's on the edge, they try to run it in between the tackles when he's outside. So we like his scheme versatility. We think He's only going to get better. Um, I think he's kind of just scratching the surface of what he, what he can be, and we, we think he has that five-star potential and that you know level, um, that caliber of, of talent to shine not only on the college level but even on the next level just because of the fact that he can do some different things that maybe some other defensive linemen in this class can't do. Uh, Chad Thomas's teammate, Demetrius Jackson, a two-star, tomorrow it's going to be announced that he's making the jump up to four-star. Uh, talk a little bit about that one. I think he, I think he did the he did the job for us, and he made it pretty easy. He was a guy that we went to spring huddle film, you know, after it came out late in our August rankings, and um, we liked the flash that he showed. Now we wanted to see if he can put it together for you know ten game regular season with the playoffs, especially in Miami Dade County. And he did not only that; he did more than that. And obviously, his stats and his production have backed that up. Um, his raw potential is. You know, four-star caliber. He's you know six-six, two twenty-five. Um, with you know basketball athleticism, really doesn't even know what he's doing out there. But he is making a living behind the line of scrimmage, and that's exactly what you want from a defensive lineman. It's exactly what you want for a school like Miami, who needs a you know pass rushing specialist. And, and it's a, I think it's a good fit. And I think he'll only get better as as he adds weight, as he understands the game. You know, his coach told me at times he didn't understand what to do on zone read. He didn't know if he should take the pitch guy. Or I mean the um, the running back or the quarterback. He just doesn't know what he's doing, but he all he does is make plays. So it's, he he's a, a surprise talent, a diamond in the rough. I think Miami got on early along with Arkansas in the mix, and I think they knew they had something special there. And again, you know they knew it, and then we got to see it, and the decision was pretty easy for us. All right. I also wanted to ask you about Ermin Lane, and um, 
I've been hearing very strongly over the last week that Ermin Lane is considering Miami more so than he ever has. Um, have you been hearing anything on your end to, to supplement that? Yeah, you know, it's a, I'm glad you asked me that question. I talked to Ernan Wayne about this time last night. He actually gave me a call back um, as I was trying to catch up with him on the Florida uh, offensive coaching staff uh, shakeup. And, you know, Ermin and I talked for quite a bit last night. Um, he told me Florida was having their in-home with him today with Tavares Robinson and Joker Phillips. He did mention other schools like Alabama and Florida State. I asked him about Miami. He said everything was kind of status quo with them. I asked him if his mom and his family want him close to home. He said yes, but they also want him just to get, you know, a good education. They didn't care if it was Oregon or USC. So, um, you know, I think Miami, with Coach Barrow more importantly, could be the – the key factor, and if he strongly considers Miami, uh, obviously take an official visit, which he hasn't done yet. That's another that's another advantage for Miami. He hasn't gone anywhere this fall to see these schools up close and personal. Um, he's got to see Miami in his own backyard, and he got to go to the Miami Florida game, but that's it. Um, and he's going to try to schedule some official visits to either Florida State um, and Florida. And he said he's going to talk to Alabama to see. That'll be the only school he goes out of state for. So, um, you know, obviously the big three are in the picture. You know, he's saying he's still 100% committed to Florida. Keep an eye on Florida State. Also keep an eye on what Dalvin Cook plans to do. He told me verbatim he wants to play with Dalvin Cook at the next level. He wants to be in the same offense as him, and I think that's very important to him. All right, before we let you go, um, any other tidbits with Miami recruits that you've come across over the last few days? Yes, um, you know, I got a, I got a chance to see Tyree Bear, uh, Brady in person from uh, South Dade on Saturday. He, they had their uh, playoff game against Coral Gables. It was a rain-soaked game. He didn't get a chance to really make a whole lot of plays. He actually led the team in uh, receptions in the game. But he's, he's a guy that actually impressed me with um, just his ability to make plays, especially in the red zone. He had a touchdown that was called back um, and uh, due to a penalty, but his team won six to nothing. They only had one touchdown in the game with, like, 15 seconds left. But I really like what I saw from him. I think, um, you know, if Miami were to take a guy in their backyard late, it's a good pickup. You can't teach his size. You can't kind of teach his red zone playmaking ability. So I like that. And then, you know, I caught up with Devontae Pete, a rival's 250 to watch, four-star receiver from St. Thomas Aquinas, who told me, you know, Miami's leading for him right now. He has a top four, but Miami's done the best job recruiting him so far. And I think Miami is going to definitely be in the mix with him as they continue evaluating the 2015 class. So keep an eye on a guy like Devontae Pete. Um, you know, he could be a Miami guy at the end. You know, they have that St. Thomas, you know, connection with Anthony Moten and Giovanni Hamilton and Dorsett there. So, you know, keep an eye on that. And, you know, I'll keep you posted on the board, um, you know, throughout the week from what I hear. And obviously the Johnny Dixon situation will probably be the biggest news this weekend uh, for Miami fans and, uh, and Dalvin Cook, you know, in case he, he decides to decommit and then, you know, pushes his, you know, talk to, you know, Miami and their Florida State or, um, you know, even just Florida as well. All right, Keenan. Hey, thanks a million for joining us again and giving us uh, all your great insight. And um, we'll have a few more shows before we're done here this year, and uh, we'll hit you up again. Sounds good. Absolutely. I appreciate it, Gary. It's that, it's that time of year, man. Uh, so yes, sir. We're, we're, in, uh, <laughs> we're in grind mode. The the, yeah, exactly. Enjoy the, uh, enjoy the rest of the month, and we'll, we'll talk soon, okay? All right, Keenan, thank you. That's Keenan Codrington, Southeast Recruiting Analyst for Rivals.com. Uh, he's joined us several times this year, and we thank him for that. Um, now we're going to go back out to the phones. Uh, we're going to try to hit everybody, so let's keep our points tight. 
and uh, the conversation's on point, and uh, we're going to start right now with the 513, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, what's up, Gary? How you doing? This is Tim calling from Cincinnati. Life what's up, Tim? Thanks, thanks for holding on, man. Oh, no, no problem, man. I, I was actually lucky because I was getting happy that all those callers didn't call. I was like, yes, I'm next. But anyway, um, yeah. just wanted to kind of touch on the fact you brought up a um, really good point last time when you was comparing Golden's era to Butch Davis's era, and I could not agree with you more. To me, I was thrilled that we went 9-3 and three with the caliber of players that we had on this team. <clears throat> I felt that Golden maximized. He did one heck of a coaching job with what he had because he didn't, if you really think about it, in the Duke game, yeah, I was upset, but when I, I kind of got over it because I felt like, I always felt like if Duke went down, that was going to be devastating for us because the issue is coming up that we have no death. And this is one of the things that Golden kept touching on, even when we beat Florida, even when we was climbing in the ranks, and I think everyone kind of got sucked into the fool's gold mentality. I kind of felt that if we lost Duke, that was going to really hurt. And even in the Duke game, we lost Coley. And you saw what happened there. Hearn is a good receiver, but he's not that just breakout guy like Coley is. And I just think it just showed. I mean, it just shows we just have a lack of depth. Yes, it's coaching, too. It's the Nafrio scheme sometimes. I think Franklin sucks, to be honest with you. I think that, you know, Barrow and Williams are doing a decent job. But I think that, like I said, I just, and I'm not, I'm going to let you go, Gary, but I just want to get your opinion on that, that I just feel like the death just showed. Everyone knows Heisman's not good, but and obviously didn't trust Carter to go out there because he must not, you know, be adjusting to the defense per se. Everyone knows Grace is probably better than Gaines, but, or excuse me, Kirby is. But to me, I just don't think Kirby's really showed me much. I mean, if Gaines is the starter and Kirby's been there two years and he still can't supplant him, to me that shows, okay, well, maybe Kirby just isn't as good as what we thought he was. Maybe yeah. maybe Grace is not, you know what I mean? Like maybe Grace is not, everyone says playing Jermaine Grace. Okay, but he's not physically ready. So, I mean, for the, and I'll just let you talk, but I just feel like the comparisons between Davis and Golden is spot on. People need to kind of wake up and realize the probation and all the stuff that we went to with the NCAA, that hampered us a lot. Two and a half years is a long time. And plus well, what was know. left over from Shannon, I just think that we weren't left. Golden really wasn't really left with a lot. And I'll just listen in, Gary. Yeah, I, I mean, put me I, I agree with, most, with pretty much all you're saying. I, I just think the season blew up a little bit um, with all those turnovers against Virginia Tech and, and then not being able to come back and win that game. And then, of course, to go the next week and lose to Duke and, and play as poorly as they did with all those mental errors against a pretty basic offense. Um, that was the low point of the year, and it ruined the season. And um, you know, but I think at the end of the day, you know, nine victories is a step forward. I think, you know, now that the season's over and the reality is set in that you're not going to be in Charlotte and, and you're not going to be the ACC champ this year, um, I think you just got to build on that. And I think that's what Al Golden's trying to do. You know, they, they hit the ground running and recruiting yesterday. They, you, the coaches are all over the country. They're grinding on these South Florida kids. Johnny Dixon, Dalvin Cook, we'll, we'll know over the next week or so what happens there. And, you know, they've got two months here to recruit and get better. And I think you, you can't look back in this game. So that's, yeah, my, I, that, that's my opinion on what you said. Oh, thanks, man. And I, and I just one more thing. And I, and I honestly do feel that this 2014 class is really the class Golden's looking for. I felt like yep. 2012 was a step, but I think this class will be the class. 
I really do. I just think you hope that it will. He, well, I just think the foundation's there. You know, mm-hmm. the 2012, I just felt like he was just building death. You know what I mean? Right. We just didn't have yeah. it. Yeah, you're, just, you're building on something now. I I agree with you. Yeah. So okay, Gary. Thanks, man. I'll just put me on hold. All right, that's the show. Th- thanks, thank man. you for calling. Hit us hit us up again next week. All right, let's go now to the um, let's go to the two five six where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Oh, Gary, man, I'm on. I'm just listening. I talked to you earlier, Big G. I'm just listening. Oh, okay. Um, should I put you back on hold? You're, you'll you'll be back on hold. All right, let's go now to the uh, four eight zero where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hi, what's up, Gary? How you doing, man? Doing good. Who's this? My name's Keith. What's up, Keith? What you got for us tonight? Yeah. Uh, I just got a couple of questions for you. Whatever happened to Calvin Kane? Man, he, I mean, he didn't do anything all year. Yeah, but when, when well, I live in Phoenix, Arizona, and I'm not there to see them, but they were saying that, like, in spring ball and fall ball that he was flashing, but he hadn't done anything. Not a, not a thing, no. He's just buried. He's, I mean, he's and, done. Uh, a big thing about the game that, uh, against Pittsburgh this week is, you know, Gus Edwards showed me something. Why didn't they yes. keep feeding him? Why they kept taking him out of the game? Like, let him, one, let him run one play and take him out. Why did they just keep him in the game? Man. No, you know, that's one thing I think that, you know, I mean, people say to me, you know, Gary, what would you change? I mean, that's one thing I would change. I think that they substitute too much. You know, there's just too much trying to make everybody happy and, and rotation. And I, I really didn't like it on the offensive line this year. I thought it really set the offensive line back. And, I mean, you're, you know, you're trying to play four guys at running back, and it's hard, you know. It's, it's a tough thing to do. So, Very hard. You know, I, I, but I agree with you. I thought, I thought Gus Edwards did show some, some progression this year. But I'll ask the same question. For the contribution that Gus Edwards made this year, did he really have to play? You know, couldn't he have redshirted? And, and, you know, that's what I would like to see happen in the future is more of these freshmen who are not making major impacts get their red shirts. Right, I understand. Now, I, I would have no problem taking every one of those carries that Gus Edwards got this year and giving them to Eduardo Clemens. No problem at all. Well, now, that, that makes a lot of sense. I, I also wanted to bet why didn't he play more. But this is my last question. Uh, well, this is a statement. Everybody's talking about redshirt these kids. A lot of these kids coming in now, they want to play as a freshman. They don't want to be redshirted. Yep. And they make it known, a lot of these, these very good kids, they make it known, I do not want to be redshirted. It's true. But they're foolish. They should yeah, be want, yeah, not, They should want a redshirt. Right. Well, it's my first right. time calling in, Gary. I just wanted to oh, talk man, to you a little thank bit. You. But, Hope you enjoyed the experience, right. and, you give us, and you give us a call again next week. Okay, Brett. All right, thank you. All right, let's go out now to the um, 904, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, I'm doing all right. I have a, I have a question I wanted to ask. Is there any any uh, is there going to be a new defensive coordinator or anything coming in, any word or any? We don't know yet. You know, there's no no word, no real official word yet. No, I mean a lot of speculation. Um, I certainly don't think anything's going to happen before the bowl game, but we don't really know what Al Golden's thinking, and he's not going to discuss it with us, you know. So yeah. we're just going to have to wait and see what he does. And I was listening to the last guy that called in. He said that scheme, that the scheme doesn't, you know, 
they got they got what they could out of the defensive line. But when we played Wake Forest, when they spread their offensive linemen out, why did I, why did he the defensive coordinator had to spread our defensive linemen to line up with the offense? Why we just just didn't line up the way we did? And you know we could have we could have sacked the quarterback. The game wouldn't even been the way it has. You know we didn't even get pressure on the quarterback. And you know why well, we don't make adjustments during the game and <clears throat> why you have to great, wait to have time. Great question. You know it's a great question. To do all of this. And he says, I mean, no Wake matter. Forest had more success against Miami than just about anybody they played this year. Yeah, and, and just about every team was coming in doing the same thing to us. They were throwing the ball underneath. And the defensive coordinator, he didn't, he didn't even try to do anything to try to stop it. They was coming in doing running the same offense. But, hey, he ain't gonna, he ain't gonna change anything. I mean, Florida State lost just about so many people on their defense. Come in, look at their defense. You know, look at, look at them now. I mean, look where our defense is. So scheme, scheme, scheme does matter. I mean, you should put those guys. Matters. You know, you should play to the, you should, you, you should play to the player strength, and not the coach strength. Well, the only problem is scheme. I agree with you. Scheme matters, but I'm not sure any scheme would have shown with with, yeah. with the talent that they have right now. Yeah, you know, of course they need they need help on the defensive line. And big time but, help. Yeah, big big time help. But they can, and a line and linebacker too. Yeah, because we was we was young in in '08, and we we slowed Florida down, and pretty much was the only team. You know that really did something to him in the way, and we was we we were we were young, we were young then. So the scheme that we played, that zone blitz we was doing with the defensive coordinator that came in from Kansas State, Bill Young, whatever his name was. Yep. I mean, we still played better than what we're playing now. So you yeah, know, he was Bill Young. Too. If, if Bill Young leaving, probably cost Randy Shannon his head coaching yeah, career at the University of Miami. Because it, it, I think if Bill Young stayed. If, yes. if Bill Young had stayed, I don't think Randy Shannon would have failed, or at least not as quickly. No, no he, he wouldn't. He wouldn't have failed. Nope. And another thing, you know, why they they see Stephen Moore as hurt? You know, why they keep him in the game? Why not put the backup quarterback in? Because they felt he was far and away the best guy, <laughs> and they didn't want to take his senior season away from him. I mean, you know, State that's why was, was wide open, and, and, and you know he could he couldn't clean his foot down. That was the first interception. I mean, I jumped up hollering because I knew I knew the ball was knew it was a touchdown until I saw him slow down. I just yep. I just walked off, and it's an interception. <laughs> All right, well, thanks, was, thanks for calling. Give, give us a shout out uh, again next week. All right, thank you. All right, man, good talking to you. All right, let's go out now to the eight five zero where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hello. All right, let's go now to the uh, 240, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, Gary. How are you doing? Doing good. Who's this? Uh, this is uh, D-Black21. I'm a subscriber to Kane Sports. What's shaking, uh, D? Listen, uh, no, much. I listen every week. First time, first time caller. Oh, um, good. I was listening. Welcome. Uh, I appreciate it. I was, man, I was listening weeks ago, and I wrote down a bunch of, bunch of notes but I didn't get to get on because it was late. So I had a bunch of notes I wrote down that I want to discuss, but I'm not even going to go there. So just a couple things. It's obvious here we need playmakers on that front line on the defense. That's obvious, you know. That's a new point. Everybody knows it, so there's no point to keep 
to keep harp, harping on it. You know, and can't cry over spilled milk, can't cry over what we got. You know, only a fool trips over what's behind them. So let's let's not talk about it no more. Um, but I do feel Denzel Perryman is probably the best defensive player that we do have, and I hope he comes back. I think it'd be beneficial for him to come back another year and to work on, you know, the weak spots in his game. Um, yeah, I'm kind of torn. Team, on, I'm kind of torn on that one. I'm not sure he's ever going to get better than what he is now. However, I don't see him getting drafted higher than maybe like the third round. So, I mean, I'm hoping he comes because they need him to come back. Yeah, I mean, they need him to come back. And out, and out of the linebackers, he's the, he's the best tackler. When he hits something, it yes. goes down. Yes. But, you know, like when he hits something, it, it, it goes down. So, and he could be that, he can be that senior leader. He could be that senior linebacker to teach the, the new linebackers that are coming in. Instead of us always got to rely on young linebackers to teach each other, we have finally have a seasoned senior linebacker that's been there, that's played in the big games, that can that can basically take some of these younger players like Alan Hearn, like Arn Hearns uh, did with Coley, took him under his wing, and Herb Waters took them under his wing. He could do the same thing. Yeah. And um. Oh, oh, Gary, there's so much, man. There's so much I want to talk about, but you know, I understand we got a bunch of callers, man. And um, oh, this is what I this is this is this this is this is what I wanted to say when I was listening to you on the um the, the um on Sad Friday after the game post game you know, show. Yes, yeah. yes, sir. D stars, I love D stars. I love them. I'm, I've been a Hurricane fan since '86, '85, '86, but. It was a time when these stars, you wasn't on some good, you wasn't on good Kane teams either. Mm-hmm. You wasn't on a lot. You was you was on some of them Kane teams when we weren't good, and people was calling up, probably saying the same thing about what you're saying now. You know, when we when we were dominant, when we but you wasn't always on dominant teams. Remember that, and we didn't go to a bowl game until um, Edwin James junior year. When we played NC State, and that was that MacPC.com bowl, mm-hmm. and everybody was all right with that. Everybody was all right with that season. Why? Because they saw better things to come. Well, I think if you know if the Chick Fil A bowl does the right thing this weekend, it picks the Hurricanes and matches them against, say, like a Texas A&M, and gets everybody excited. I think you got the potential for the same thing this year. You know, you go exactly. up to Atlanta, play play a good bowl game, maybe even beat Texas A and M, and I think everyone walks away and says, "All right, you know." So exactly. The, the, and I feel you, Gary. I'm like, look, we're in a bowl game. We haven't been there in a couple of years. Let's go. We wherever it is, go to Atlanta. You know, let's put our best foot forward. Let's put it on a good showing. Let's go out here and win this game. For, I don't care who it is, LSU, Texas A and M. Look. Anybody could, get, could be beaten on any given Saturday. Ask Alabama. Absolutely. <laughs> I, yep. You know what I'm saying? Look, ask Alabama. They know when they expect Auburn to beat Alabama, and if they tell you that, they're lying unless they're Auburn fans. If they're just natural college football fans, they didn't expect Auburn to go and to, uh, win that game. So I'm, I'm a, am I happy with the 9-3? Yeah, I'm happy. But am I disappointed in the same? Yes, I am. Because am I disappointed in the Duke game? Yes. Am I disappointed in Virginia State game? Yes. Am I disappointed in the Florida State game? No, because I expected that to happen. You know, look at Florida State now. But, yeah, they're you know, better. Like you said, they're... Yeah, they're a better team. They're a better team. I mean, hands down. Only a fool 
don't sit here and try to debate you or why we should have won that game. Not, no, they was a better team. So you know, let's hey, let's finish the season. Let's finish the season out strong. Let the coaches do what they're doing. Recruit. Let's get some more players in here on defense. Some playmakers that can make plays. I hope D D B the what do you call himself the president. I hope he stays. Just just to give the defense the linebacker core some stability, if you want if you know what I mean. Some stability. Yep. Um, some veteran leadership. And look, let the chips fall where they may. And if we have to get a new D line coach, which I hope. I would love to see Coach O come back to Miami. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I well, I, that might be too much to ask, though, man, for him to come from where he's been and now come be the D line coach again, where he already was, you know, twenty years ago. I don't, I don't see that. Uh, hey, you know, hey, hey, come on, look, come on, Gary, don't, don't, don't crush my dreams. I mean, I can dream. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. I don't see it. You know. Oh, and another, oh, and one more thing, and I'm gonna let you go, yeah, Gary. One more I, point. Yeah, one more point. So I know a lot of calls want to call, so I want you know get off and just keep me on hold, but. About playing these seniors, Jimmy Johnson's philosophy was, you know, the best player is going to play. If I got a freshman that's better than this senior, then the freshman's going to play. I'm here to win games. I'm yeah. not, I'm not, it's not a popularity contest. But I'm we're playing to too many friends. freshmen. Just playing too many I freshmen and not redshirt enough. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm just using the freshmen as an and, as And example. you know what, the problem is that they have been the best guys, and that's the problem. But, you know, that's the whole Yeah, thing. exactly. Exactly, but keep me on hold, Gary. Um, All right. Hey, thanks for breaking down and finally calling us. All right. All right, well, give us a call again next week. All right, let's go now to the 954, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? How you doing? I'm just trying to fix Joe. Hey, Joe, what can we do for you? I'm just trying to figure, like, is it me or is it that we only have one tight end play? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Is it that's the only one play we have? The little play action rollout and to offer like what happened to the cross the middle, the post, the slant with the Jeremy Sharkey, the Bubba Franks, the Winslows. I mean, what well, happened? I, I think the receiver position's the feature position in the offense right now. You know, but, to, but, to be totally but, totally honest, I mean, if you look at the numbers, I mean that Hearns has put up this year, Coley's put up this year, Dorsett was putting up decent numbers before he got hurt, Herb Waters has had his moments. Um, I think the receiver position right now is just the feature spot in this offense, and you can't feature everybody. But it's not about you featuring everybody. It's just featuring the players, I guess, or the players that give you the best chance to win. Because it just seems like the only thing Cody did is brought the Florida State offense from the 90s when they never used the tight end. But let's be honest now, uh, you know, Clive Walford went through a couple games there about a month ago where he dropped no, he several passes. Dropping the ball. Yeah, he was yeah. just dropping the ball. I mean, so, I understand yeah. that, but so then that, that's, the thing, that's yeah. his fault. Yeah, that's you know, his fault, went, but then at the same He went into that Florida State game, and it was too big for him. Yeah, and, he hasn't, okay. and he hasn't been the same since. Okay, it's like this, okay? That being said, that's, that's understandable. But now, I'm a Kane Sports subscriber. Why would y'all? Why, why would they rave about Bo Sandlin, the Spanish Dabboard, or whatever? You never get to see these guys play. I mean, it's well, like this: if, if you giving up, if you giving up, Bo Sandlin's going to play. You'll see. He'll get some burn next year. Okay, it's let, just let me, taking some time. Let me just ask you a question: Like, if if you telling me one player's not ready and this player's ready, right? If a team is going up and down the field on me with the players that 
are supposedly ready. Shit. I mean, damn, excuse my language. But why not just go on and get a player to back up some playing time? I mean, you can't do no worse. <laughs> I mean, if you're giving up 100 yards, 100 yards is 100 yards. Yeah, Where you give up the Who didn't play? Every, everybody played on defense. The, the backups played, too. Everybody yeah, was playing I mean, on defense. I mean, I mean, they could at least get Earl Moore, Corey King, at least more reps. I mean, they just sitting on the bench. I mean, I understand it's like, you want the best they weren't guys as the good floor, as but, what they were playing with. But Earl Corey King played up, last year when but, you got but killed. But the thing. If, if, if teams are killing us with the players what's on the field, why not? I mean, what more can it hurt? <laughs> it can't hurt none. I mean, what more would it hurt? I don't know, but I'll none. tell you right now, putting Earl Moore and Corey King in instead of Renfro and, and those guys and, and, and Kamalu and Porter and, and Pierre – it would that would not have been addition by subtraction. So, but that, the one thing I my last point, the one thing I do agree on, agree with you with is the offensive line. Give me five and let's go. Yes, Give me sir. Five I, and let's go. I agree, and I only hope next year I that's need, what they do. Only time I need a sub if one of you guys tired. If you tired, let me know. Other than that. Give me five and let me go. And my last thing is, how can a running back get a groove when he on the bench every other play? I agree. <laughs> Too much right, substitution. Man. Hey, thanks for the call. Give us a call again next week. All right, let's stay in the 954 where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hi, how are you? Doing good. Who's this? Good. My name is Mitch from uh, Coral Springs. How are you? Hey, what's up, Mitch? What you got for us tonight? Good, yes. The first thing I know, I've been listening to a lot of the guys on here um, talking about recruiting. This is, not, this is the thing. I've been a Kane fan for quite a long time. We've been, since we were on probation, but since with all the problems we've had, we lost a lot of good players that probably would have went there. But because with, you know, where we were at and, the, you know, with people, we didn't know if we were going to get nailed with, with all the sanctions and stuff, so we lost a lot of players. Now, the thing is, with the next few years as we're recruiting players, freshmen that come in are going to have to play. There's no way to not redshirt them because our lack of defense is horrendous. That's number one. We got about, I think we got four defensive linemen and four defensive end coming in. Hopefully yep. they stay and they stay with us. They're going to play because we're losing players right now, the seniors that were decent players. We got guys coming in that are going to be way better than what we have now. We need them to play. We have no choice um, right now. Um, as far as the defensive schemes that we've had, I thought they were terrible. Why is the cornerback so far off the receivers instead of bumping and running them? That made no sense. So, so if you watch the games, the cornerbacks are almost like five, ten yards back, and so they're being up on the receiver, pushing them off the line. They're getting burnt all day. Yep. Ridiculous. Well, hopefully That's they'll make some changes. You know. Definitely. All right, I well, appreciate thanks. it. Thank you, Mitch. Thanks for calling. Okay, um, give, give us a call again uh, next week. Uh, you're hearing a lot of the same points over and over again, you know, from people, and obviously, you know, they would like to see some more aggressive. Co- Defensive back play next season and um, some more effective play up front. All right, let's see who's next. Let's go now to the uh, 407, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Are you with us? Hello? All right, let's try the uh, the 904, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hello? You're up if you can hear me. All right. Um, he's a, a little late. Um, 
I'm having to check here. Just give me a minute because I'm, I'm cross-referencing my list of guys. We got we got so many guys on hold listening to the show. Uh, let's go to the um, the 850 where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? All right. Looks like final 3-0 where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing? All right, and I got one more. The eight six three, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? You there? All right. Well, it looks like we got to everybody, and I, I I can't thank the entire Kane's Nation enough. Another great show. Lots of great opinions tonight. Uh, a lot of the same opinions, though, and and I don't think that's going to change until everyone sees some change on the football field. Uh, one more chance. In 2013, we'll find out on Sunday what the bowl game is going to be, and we'll come back next Tuesday and talk about that. We'll we'll talk about more recruiting. The coaches are on the road this week. They got visits this weekend, so a lot will be going on there. And uh, we'll take it from there. So I uh, want to thank Keenan Codrington from Rivals.com for joining us and giving us some insight on recruiting. And until next week, uh, take care, everybody. Not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over the limit by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for